and welcome back to Indie Venture, an indie gaming podcast brought to you by the single brain cell share between Rebecca Jones, Rachel Watts, <laughs> and Liam Richardson. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. <laughs> we do share it. I do not have it today. Actually, we checked with each other earlier and we can't work out where it's got to this week. So prepare for some very specific energy in this episode. It has gone missing. We don't know where it is. But luckily, despite all that, we are all here to talk about a very special topic, which is our Indie Games of the Year for 2023. Um, We've actually talked about all of these games before, either on this podcast or a previous one. Um, But Liam won't let us do a clip show because apparently that's a lot more editing than just cutting out all the worst things we say during a single recording session, which surprised me if i'm honest but okay i do believe him so anyway here we are wow called out called out from a private discord message <laughs> oh man i wish that was like the tone of our, of our like, deepest oh darkest God. secrets is i asked liam if we could do a clip show and he said no and that's like the biggest drama behind the scenes we just like low-key roast each other like on the podcast <laughs> i'd love that yeah like by uh, a year in we always said that we'd fall out with each other at some point it'd be really funny uh i'll let the funny. listeners guess as to when that happened <laughs> yeah. it was more meant to be a roast of all of us together mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well i liked how earlier you said oh should we do a clip show as a joke and then i very seriously went please Please don't make me yeah, do that. I'm it, was, so tired. it was the tonal sort of dissonance that made it stick in my mind and maybe want to write it into the <laughs> intro, to be honest. If if you just if you just gone with it for a second and then we'd left it, I probably wouldn't have remembered it by this time. But I did oh, I did want to do a bit of housekeeping, actually, just before we proceed yes. into the into the main part of the episode. So this is our last episode of 2023. Um and we're gonna be taking a slightly longer than usual break while we all have a bit of a rest over Christmas, with the possible Yay. exception of poor Liam, who genuinely does still have to edit all this nonsense. Um, but please do join us again in three weeks' time instead of two. So January the 11th, I think, is the date we're anticipating being back. Yes. Um, we'll restart next year with a rundown of our most anticipated indie games coming up in 2024. And I should probably repeat this bit in the outro, but I've told you about the brain cell situation. So that's, I just wanted to say that up top. <laughs> um, just get it out of the way I mean, while, honestly, I'm, while I'm thinking about fair it. fair play for remembering to do it at the start. I would not have remembered to do that in the intro. So you, I think you have the brain cell, Rebecca. Oh, uh, oh God. Congratulations. It <laughs> it's very tired it's if it is here. <laughs> um, another thing that I wanted to say that I thought was kind of, kind of funny um, was that as I was writing this intro, I realised that our Christmas special, our last episode, actually launched up against the Game Awards. Like, we released at 4pm UK time. And the Game Awards were at like 1am UK time the following day. Um, so hopefully people who oh, yeah. wanted to listen to both managed to to work out and listen before the show. But I, it was kind of like, were we the pre-show for the Game Awards this year? <gasps> yes. Um, I think we were. And it, <laughs> we I realised, realized, in hindsight, it would have made so much sense to do this Game of the Year episode, have it launch on the same day as the Game Awards, and then do our Christmas episode in this slot, which is going to go out on the 21st of December, like a few days before Christmas. Um, But you know what? We're still more organised than Jeff Keighley. And uh, we actually respect uh, the devs whose games have got us through this year. So I'm calling this an indie venture (laughs) win. (laughs) Nevertheless, uh, all things considered, yeah, I think that we still come out of that one. I'm I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. (laughs) She coming in hot. I'm annoyed. Get Get him. Yeah. (laughs) Get him. Jeff, if you're listening, do better. Yeah. yeah, that's Jeff. all I gotta say. That's all yeah, I gotta Jeff. say on that, Jeffrey. But yeah, Jeffrey. that's my that's my bit of like intro patter. That's like all my feelings out up top. Um, was that I was just like, oh man, if I'd realised 
the exact dates that we were doing these on probably would have done it in a different order. But you know what? You never have to feel ashamed when you're up against like Jeff Keighley as the benchmark. So it's no. good. Well, uh, no, absolutely not. It's a very low benchmark. <laughs> I feel like, uh, you know, if we did that, that would have required some kind of uh, forethought, which is not the vibe of this podcast whatsoever. So that's why no. we're doing it this week. <laughs> um, not at all. Also, like, this episode feels very special to me because it's our Game of the Year episode. We've had, it's our first year podcasting. Yay, we're rounding yes. off our first year doing it. We're, you know, celebrating all the great games we've played. Talking about Jeff Keighley, even just seeing his name in that context, feels a bit like going to a really cool party with loads of people you love, but someone's invited their bad boyfriend and you're just mm. trying desperately oh. not to let their bad vibes get you down. That's mm. what mentioning ghoulish <laughs> Jeff. Ghoulish <laughs> Jeff. Yep. I was And his Jeffa cakes. Mm. Jeffa cakes. <laughs> oh, uh, the Jeffa cakes were our listeners? Was that, oh, was they that the were? joke? <laughs> think, you know what? I don't, want, I don't want that association with this anymore. Let's... let's Let's throw it that away off right now. Um, but yeah, we've trash. got. I like to say that we've got the, you know, we've got the kind of cursed association out of the way. It kind of felt like the elephant in the room, in a way, yeah. because of the, the the sort of lineup of dates. Mm. Um, I hope that everyone, you mm. know, enjoyed our Game Awards pre-show and was able to tolerate <laughs> the Game Awards. Um, and I think that we just we, we now we draw the line. We draw the line because this is the re- this is the real you know the real yes. game of the year list starts here. The one that matters. I completely agree. <laughs> the only only God can judge us. I think I said that on our last game of the year. Oh, is, oh no, is that our is that our like um our what do you call it on its strap line? Our little, little <laughs> poster oh, quote. Oh yes. Only God yes. can judge Indie us. Venture. Only God, only God, God can, can judge, judge us. us. <laughs> I mean, if you wanted the correct opinion for the best games of the year, then you have come to the right place and you'll be getting I a lot of those, agree. a lot of those recommendations. Yes. So um, many, so many. So Shall many. Just, this is a big bumper episode. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Where is my thought? Where's Where the brain cell? Where did it yeah, go? Yeah, she's desperate looking for it. It has left her head. Oh, I found it. It's oh, all yeah, good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, it was in this pile of crap on my desk. It's fine. <laughs> So yeah, before we start, it's, it's probably worth saying a little bit about how we've uh, how we've assembled this list, just mm. in the in the name of transparency. Oh yeah, good point. Um, yeah, which yeah. is terrifically organised, obviously, as you can probably tell, is that we decided we'd all write a list of our top five games, the like indie games of the year, and we'd share it with each other and we'd see where you know where the overlap was, whether there was anything we could kind of say on the basis of that. And we came up with with three lists, which were entirely different save for the one game that appeared on all three lists mm. um which we're not sort of big into like rankings here but we are kind of gonna leave that one to last and kind of we're gonna call it the the indie mm-hmm. venture game of the year 2023 um everything else yep. is gonna be much more freeform we're just gonna gonna round robin talk about like these the thing is right these are it was so hard to do these lists and this this still doesn't feel comprehensive you know um, I know. Like, I honestly, four games yeah. each plus our like game of the year as a group doesn't feel like nearly enough to talk about all the amazing games that we've been able to to play and to cover this year. Yes. Um, but yeah. you know what we're like. You know that we regularly bang on for two hours about much much less in terms of actual content. So we had to <laughs> we had to put a limit on there somewhere, and sort of at five each was where we where we landed. Um, I know. I know. This is a low-key roast. This is a low-key roast. I'm of sorry, I told you. I'm like, I'm in such a mood. I know, I'm in such I a love weird this mood. energy. I'm so this here for this yeah. energy. Oh no. 
Oh. What a way to round out our first year than to call us out for what we are. <laughs> Three I'm... people who can't focus for more than a minute. Yeah, look, it's at least it's as much a call out of myself. And it's just a testament to our friendship that I can I can roast yes. you both yes. so comfortably after a year of doing a podcast with you. Yeah, well, I can edit out my tears. So uh, <laughs> the listeners don't, don't know how hard I'm crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my that's my secret is I am actually deeply horrible. Um, <laughs> I would that's that would kind of be cool. Oh, that would be like the expose, wouldn't it? Like the book that's like my story by Liam Richardson about <laughs> the time truth. of the adventure. YouTube video. You'd come back with a, a ukulele and apologize. <laughs> hey, it's been a while. Oh, Rebecca roasted me every episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's oh. Oh, it's frightening because it's it's so true. No, no, I. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, the end of the year does find me sort of barely hanging on to my sanity as I scramble to get everything done in my last week of yeah. work so that I can have some time off. And it is slightly showing mm. in uh, in my attitude to just everything at the moment. I will like snap at anything, inanimate objects to fuck off this week. So, like, yeah, I can't Oof. wait. I hope I mention a game you don't agree with and just tell me to fuck off, like. <laughs> As I'm talking about it, that would be very funny. That would be <laughs> amazing. Uh, no, never, never to the lovely indie games that we cover on this show. That's the line. Yeah. To be fair, we got an epic list. <laughs> we do have a really good like list really as well. Good. As we can't can't object to it really. What's really great about and this something I was really thinking when you both sent your lists into the uh, group chat mm. is how different they all are. I know we have one game where there's crossover, but mm. am I right in thinking that all of those other games there is no crossover? No like, crossover. The three of us have such different tastes that all of our lists are quite wildly different in terms of the genres and the themes of the games. Yeah, which makes it all the yeah. more impressive that one game stood out enough that we all listed it, frankly. Yeah, that's yeah. very true, actually. Yeah. There's definitely games on like your guys' list, though, that I was so close oh, to same, like, picking. Same, absolutely. Yeah. So there is a bit same. of like cross-pollination uh, going mm. on, but I feel like because... They're all, we're all so different. It's like the it's the best. It's gonna indie game bonanza bananas. It like, really is. Oh. What I'd be interested in is next year when we do our best twenty twenty four indie list. Indeed, is part of me sort of thinks, oh well, twenty twenty three has been such an incredible year for indies. There's been such a diverse selection of things to play, and indeed, my list of games to play is as long as the list of things I have played. I know you two are very similar. At least, but yeah. I sort of suspect that even next year we'll still end up with three completely different lists just because of who we are as people and how we, uh, you know, approach mm. our game playing habits. Um, I'm just patting ourselves on the back here. I just thought oh, it was really cool. Nice. <laughs> after came, the, after yeah. the burn, it's I know, the I, was say, I came in with all the insult yeah, comedy little, today. Little bit like... of, yeah, <laughs> Rebecca Burns, I soothe. That's the... Uh... And I'm going to slap it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> now we're back on track. <laughs> that's, that's the energy. <laughs> with one of those like you know when you used to have those like um like sticky hands on like an elastic <gasps> oh, thing yeah. that kids have where you like go like with little whips one of them Ooh. Oh, that I, has um... Rachel energy oh it is <laughs> <laughs> don't really know what that means but <laughs> I was thinking as well like a slap bracelet as well did you guys have a slap, Ooh, slap yeah, yeah. Of course slap, you slap bracelet so, so satisfying satisfying so yeah. good anyway that's that's the energy <laughs> I think we've I think we've settled on it now. We've found it. Yeah, we've got it. We're we found very it. tired. It's the end of the year. Uh, we're going to have a nice cozy chat mm. about 15 great games. Oh, 14 great um, games. Hold on. 
Thank you to the holder of the brain cell for doing the, the math for <laughs> Yes, <you>. thank uh, <laughs> you. Appreciate it. Brain cell keeper. <laughs> brain brain cell doing, queen. I'm doing my best. I'm really doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. Right, shall we talk about some really brilliant indie games? Yeah. Here's a weird fact. Here's a weird fact. I've been getting like really persistent earworms all week from like various songs. And at one point I had something stuck in my head. I was like, where have I heard that? Where have I heard that? Where have I heard that? And I was like, oh, it's my own podcast theme. <laughs> Great. The Indie Ventures? Yeah. Was it Cigarette Board? Yeah, it was That's Cigarette Board. I was like, what am, what am I at? The theme from In Discovery was my fourth most listened to track last year on Spotify. Oh, that's, that's sweet. It just, I was going to say, it just makes a, makes a like change that. having Cigarette Board stuck in my head because like literally for about a week and a half, I've had Starlight by Muse on loop in my head. Like I wake up at four in the morning and Starlight by Muse is on loop in my head. Okay. I like that like, song, but it won't go away. That Muse album, I used to like think about so many like music videos and like scenarios oh, to like amazing. that Muse album. What's it called? Are you dissociate? I used to dissociate to that album so much. Oh, uh, <laughs> I now want to Starlight on repeat. <laughs> I never listened to Muse until like this year. So I'm, I got into anime and Muse. I'm basically a 14 year old boy in 2000. Oh my God. So, <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Sorry. What? This is now the first year. That's blown my mind a little bit. You've yeah. gotten into Muse and Dilute in 2023. Anime. Sorry, anime. Anime and, and anime. I guess oh, also and Dilute. Squash. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, no, you are right. The Squash callback is I real. Thought, yeah, you only bought Squash I thought this you year. misheard Rebecca. No, I did as well, but then I was like, no, oh, I the thought, Squash I thought thing you is said anime and I was like, Robinsons. <laughs> yeah, right. No, seriously, the brain cell just fell out the side and like, it all went. It all went wrong, but we're back now. We did anime chat. I, I haven't watched anime. I, I used to be really into anime and we did anime chat. I, I have watched like anime. three animes, years, so yeah. don't don't like think I'm an expert, but I've no, stopped. Can, I just want to know what you're watching, but that's not for this mm. podcast. Also, with this podcast that we're recording right now, are we, we saying, are, aren't we? The, ga- are we saying <laughs> the game name? And then we're having a, uh, Liam, do you plan to put like a little snippet of the music from the game name? Do you, want us, do you want us to pause? Because I, I don't, pause, I don't pause, so I need to pause. I'll pause. Yeah, actually, if, I, I always mean to ask. <laughs> I, uh, but I, normally I, it's quite easy to cut around, but yeah, if yeah, we could pause. I don't pause either. So if we, all yeah, could if we pause. could, that'd be great. Little pause. Little pause. Little two second pause. Okay. No talking or you'll be killed. Thank you. Yep. And then we'll go straight into the game. Dang, we're not the death. <laughs> I've got an orbital nuke just like, you know, when I was like, oh, I'm going to send you a, a Christmas card and I got your addresses the other day. It was actually to, to really target the uh, the orbital the nukes orbital for nuke. if we talk over the um, <laughs> shit, <laughs> talk over the stinger. Um, yeah, God, I really mean today. I'm really mean today. No, um, love it. <laughs> no, I, I deserve to be nuked. It would be a blessing. Thank you. Thank you oh, for... don't, I, I want to live, so. Okay. It's all right. I'll I'd have like yours. to live. I'd like to live, please. <laughs> I'll have Rachel's. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> um, right. So I think we should just, we should just start. Rachel, do you want to, do you want to go first? Yes, of course. So my first pick, uh, which one do I start with? So this year, I thought like there was a lot of like, in terms of like puzzle games, really like mind bedding puzzle games this year. So there was like, mm. there was like Chance of Sonar, which was kind of like this like language deciphering game. There was Humanity, which was like this really strange like crowd maneuvering controlling game. But mm. out of all the kind of like 
mind-bendy, galaxy-brainy puzzle this year. My favourite was um, Geometric Interactive's Cocoon. Cocoon, by the way, an absolute Cocoon. pain to get music from because I think it has very little it music. Doesn't doesn't it doesn't have like, yeah, it has like little bits of music, but it's pretty like, you just have a nothing, just an ambient Just a nothing. Noise. Well, when you spoke about it before and I put some music in, I think I had a choice between more or more. Yes. And that was yes. it. And I was like, oh, which do I pick? Oh, but yes. So my uh, first pick of Indie Games 2023 is Cocoon. It's, yeah, this kind of um, platforming puzzle game where you play as a little bug who's like navigating this like strange biomechanical world. And you're kind of like navigating um, this strange place. And you do that through the art of world hopping. Um, and in Cocoon, worlds exist within orbs, like different colored orbs. And our little bug friend can actually jump into these orbs and be in a new world and also jump out again. But the twist of these like these puzzles is that you can take worlds inside other worlds, orbs inside other orbs, kind of like Inception style, um, Inception style gameplay. And it just takes this core mechanic and it just goes to some absolutely mind-boggling places with it. And the the game designer is the same dude who worked on Limbo and who worked on Inside. So, you know, it's like legit. The puzzles are going to be like so good. I think his name is Yeppy Carlson. So absolutely, he's working on it. But I think the one thing that separates this puzzle game out of the others for me is just how like engrossing this world is. It's like, it has this really weird ability to like lull you into kind of like that like, flow state that galaxy brain like flow state and i just feel like that is such a subtle art to do especially in puzzle games like i did not get stuck once playing this game everything is so streamlined like i honestly felt like my my brain was like plugged into like the pc like any like wow. especially as, especially as like there is no text boxes there's no tutorials there is no dialogue this game doesn't even tell you to press A at certain points. You just mess with the controller and intuitively press A. Oh. And that's the only button in Cocoon is you just move with the joystick and you press A. That's it. That's the whole like button layout is just, it's just those two features. So yeah, I just, it's incredibly meditative. It's, it kind of guides you through really clever systems like environmental layouts and like controller feedback. So like when you're kind of close to solving a puzzle, the controller will like kind of vibrate or like, yeah, there's like musical cues and the, the gradient in terms of puzzles, like how difficult they get is so finely tuned that I could, I could not, having played through it twice, tell you the last couple of puzzles. Like I d they were just so intuitive and I just knew what to do that I, I couldn't, I couldn't describe them. I literally couldn't describe the last like 
six or seven puzzles of that. Like the last hour, it's a five hour game. I could not describe the last hour because it was so, I was so in tune with like what <laughs> this game was giving me. And I think that's why it's like my, I've chosen it out of the other handful of puzzle games just because like yeah. the, the word that comes to mind is seamless. This game is seamless. And yeah, there are like boss fights and action sequences, but they're not really like there to challenge you. They're there to show you ideas and then like pop back into the ether. Um, but yeah, this game, I think, well, I, I've like sat down to play it. And within the first hour, I was like, this 100% is like going to be my top games of the year. Like, I just think it's yeah. so clever with, the, with its puzzle design. I love its world building and the, the bug is cute. I do like playing as a little dude <laughs> running around. So yeah, my first pick is Cocoon. <laughs> I mean, like, excellent choice, right? I mean, the amount of uh, buzz, is that anything <laughs> this game yes! caused? Yes, uh, that is definitely was huge. Um, it's on Game Pass, right? Like, this is something uh, you could yes. literally just boot up and play over Christmas. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have not played this, but I've enjoyed reading a lot of very good words about it. You did an interview with the composer? Uh, yeah, so uh, it was Yepe and then the, um, yeah, the audio engineer. Uh, mm. and composer he did both like he did the soundscape yeah. but yeah so they were very interesting and we just talked again about this like ability for like this game silently guiding you definitely very taken with the idea of a puzzle game that you just don't get stuck on that's like such yeah. a hard mm. balance to hit and when mm -hmm. a game does hit it like you say it has got like that i'm thinking of the word flow which i know is like yes is yes. exactly what you're saying but also is a, is a game by um is it that game company oh. who made journey which is another oh, similar yeah, was... game where it does have that kind of like meditative and very like pared down and very simplistic and like less is more yeah um yes. puzzling that is very very easy to to just sit and play without mm -hmm. kind of drifting from as well um mm -hmm. i actually i was i was gonna be i was gonna be super polite and i was gonna say you know we'll go around and, and liam go next but actually my first pick i think feeds into this topic so well that <gasps> Ooh. With your permission, I might I might break order slightly and granted. I, I mean, my <laughs> please do. I want to hear what your yes. your linked pick is. That's a fascinating segue. Yeah, because the the first game that I wanted to talk about, and again, this is this has been brought up on the podcast a couple of times already, is uh, is Birth by Madison Carr, mm. which is also mm. a very streamlined, very simple, like basically no dialogue uh, puzzle game. Like Rachel, I've played a lot of puzzle games this year and it was hard. It was hard picking just the one. But when I sort of mm. went back over everything that I've played this year, it was just the fact that I played Birth back in February and I'm still thinking of it now in December yes. as like one of the best games I've played all year. And I was like, you know, how how often do the games that you played in January, February just kind of like leave your mind by the time you're over, you know, round, get around to doing game of the year stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah birth which is you know i won't go over it too much because we've got another episode where i talk about it in quite a bit of detail is this it's a very simple puzzle i haven't played cocoon but i suspect that birth is a little bit more simplistic it's more about um kind of playing with the environment i guess and working out what 
what the game allows you to do in terms of like player agency rather than trying to like challenge you with particularly difficult puzzles. But it has that similar sort of like you get very lost in the world, which is very surreal and unlike our world. And yet yes. by the end, it has come through with this like very affirming message about sort of community and about companionship and yet sort of also about learning to be okay with being alone as well, which I think is a mm. you know, another yes. theme of birth that maybe I haven't gone into as much in the many times that I've talked about it this year. Um, but yeah, I just thought that those made for such a nice, a nice pair of games. And honestly, it was, it was, a, a, I will admit, it was a close run thing. There were a lot of games that could have gone in, in the sort of fifth place for me. It's not mm-hmm. a super ordered list, but it was, it was kind of the last one I chose. And there were a couple of other games that I could have put here. Mm-hmm. Um, but Birth is just so, it's, it's tiny, but I didn't want to discount it for the fact that it's like a two hour game because it is basically flawless in my opinion. Um, oh, I like that. Both as like a narrative and a puzzle experience as well. Mm-hmm. And so I really do think, especially like I say, having, you know, read up on um, Madison Carr and her career and played her other games to date, like it is very much someone who has clearly honed their craft through the fact that, you know, this this Wings um, scholarship, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's not scholarship, is it? It's um, grant. Oh, yeah. So a, f- yes. a grant, a, a grant fund, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, um, allowed her to kind of focus on making this game and, you know, really refine her art. And like, a lot of the games that I want to talk about today are actually solo dev projects, or at least a fair few of them are. And I just think there's something really special about a solo dev coming out with something like this that, as I say, 10 months later, I'm still like, oh yeah, that was a really beautiful, you know, really pleasant February afternoon that I can still still look back on really fondly. Um, and the puzzle sections are cool as well. They kind of do have you thinking. Yeah, very tactile. In a very, yeah, very mm. twisty way. Um, but you'll never... It just reminded me when, when you said that you were never stuck in Cocoon. And I was like, yeah, birth is the same. There's never a moment where yes. you couldn't mm. kind of feel your way through. Even if you look at you look at a screen and initially your thought would be like, this makes no sense. You know, mm-hmm. from like there's no there's no there's no point that you can grapple onto just because it, it doesn't really resemble the real world and anything but the the most sort of high yeah. level of particulars but by you know a couple of minutes in you're like you work out what you can click on you're like okay this is how like physics is working in this puzzle this is how you know i'm supposed to follow patterns through this puzzle and it was just such a satisfying experience and i thought i really did want to want to mention it again uh at this end of the Absolutely. year because i really enjoyed it yeah i think with birth it's definitely one of the most sincerest games i've played this year there is just such heart mm. In there, yes, this literally. what two two hour <laughs> yes in this what two hour game and love you love you Maddie uh, shout out to you if you listen no idea we love you I say that every single time um, <laughs> you're so lovely uh, but yeah it's definitely there's another one on your list Rebecca that is very another one that is very sincere but birth is just yeah very wholesome and yeah it just has a real physical and uh, literal and metaphorical heart to it. So yeah, I'm not, yeah, back in, so it released in February, did it? Wow. I think it was, yeah, it might, it might even have been January. I know I played it in February, but I was already, already backlogging stuff by February because it's been such a jammed year. So yeah, (laughs) this definitely had like a profound impact on you, didn't it? Because you've you've brought up a a couple of times Mm. and it definitely seems to have resonated with you in a certain way. I think I was just so impressed by how, like, as I just say, I cannot find anything to fault about the experience it was yeah. you know 
I am a firm believer that there's no such thing as a 10 out of 10 game. I say it a lot. I'm, there, mm-hmm. are, you know, there are holes to pick in everything, but really, I can't find anything negative to say about Birth. I think it's just for for how long it is, and I think that it being a short game is not a criticism. It's as long as it needs to be, but for how yeah. you know for how long it is, it is pretty much like a perfect little puzzle game. So. Mm. Oh, that's a lovely pick. <laughs> it's a very good pick. I'm glad to see it represented here because, like I say, it's been quite a, a prominent part of the conversation this year. And I don't see many other people talking about it outside of this podcast. Mm, so yeah, but I'm, I'm really glad to I'm see massively it stuck on it. Everything else I've been playing this year, I've just been like, well, mm, I can nitpick this, I can nitpick that. But birth, I'm just like, yeah, no, no faults. Just yeah. beginning to end. Just such a just, just beautiful little game that... If I had two hours, I would probably play again, but I never have two hours, so I'll play it at some point. <laughs> All right, I will, I will cease to be quite so rude. Liam, what is, what is your first pick? My first pick is Slayer's X, Terminal Aftermath, Vengeance of the Slayer. title of the year yeah that is a very good title (laughs) it probably is the best title of the year um again i have spoken about this on this uh podcast or was it the other podcast we may never know um this is very much a heart pick for me Uh, i think there have been um you know better uh, retro 90s inspired shooters that came out this year turbo overkill was very close to, to making it in my top five um but this game felt so specifically made for me <laughs> yeah it's hard for me not to to represent it on this list because uh, i have thought about it a lot since i played it over the summer so this is a game by big z studios inc although it's actually by tender shoot uh primarily jay tholan <laughs> and mike lash the people who brought us hypnospace outlaw and indeed this is a retro 90s spin-off shooter of hypnospace outlaw it stars zane lofton who's a teenager um who after both his uh, mom and a heavy metal mentor killed by a gang known as the Psychos. Uh, He goes on a quest for revenge. He's imbued with the power of hack blood energy and he journeys through (laughs) Boise, Idaho to defeat the leader of the Psychos. Um, So good. (laughs) So what's magic about this, and this is one of the reasons why I always love Hypnospace, is that it's a game with multiple uh, fictional layers, a slightly abstracted version of something that's real. Uh, within the game's own fiction, this is a first-person shooter that was developed by Zane, who's a character from Hypnospace, before being abandoned. And now, in 2023, the 30-ish-year-old Zane, in his reality, has decided to finish it off. And all of the game's marketing implies that this was developed by a fictional character from Hypnospace, <laughs> to the point where the Zane Lofton Twitter account, which I think is Jay Tholen pretending to be Zane, sent me a code for this game on Twitter. <laughs> in character oh my god uh, which is so good it's <laughs> like a real commitment to the kayfabe of the piece so yeah i mean this is basically just a very obnoxious uh, <laughs> doom or duke nukem 3d like first person shooter you fight sentient bags of shit the uh woman you fancy turns into a werewolf 
uh, guns are designed to be cool rather than functional. You shoot cans of toxic waste that burst open to reveal horrible rats that say that they love you and that they love cheese and all sorts of nonsense. <laughs> it's the kind of game a teenager would have doodled on the back of their school books in 1999. For some people, that's going to be too much to cope with. For me, it just absolutely charmed the pants off me. I think it's brilliant. The reason why I really love it is that, much like Hypnospace, there's a lot going on under the surface. So the villain of the piece is Zane's mom's boyfriend, who Zane clearly doesn't get along with. Uh, he's And he's very protective of his mother, and that's like demonstrated in the game by how he's carefully modelled his apartment building and his mother's bedroom. Oh. But within this like 90s build engine style, you know, uh, graphics. And mm-hmm. it's just really lovely to sort of see the real world represented through a teenager's lens. Like Zane has a very limited worldview. So levels are very mundane representations of like small town America. So mm. in a level, you'll be going to a fast food restaurant or a mini golf course or a trailer park, but then you'll open up a door and there'll be a huge underground base filled with like twisting machinery and horrible mutants beyond human comprehension. And it's just a really believable sort of like parallel of what a teenager's imagination is capable of producing. Like the scope is so narrow and there's nothing really to fill the gap between these realistic depictions of places and these incredible like feats of creativity and i just think that's quite a special thing to encapsulate within a game that you know very could have easily been distributed around a school on a floppy disk in in 1999 wow and it's just it's just great uh the music is all you know lincoln park style rap rock and (laughs) the cutscenes are all done in like that very classic like 90s pre-rendered style oh yes Um, i can picture i've not played this game but i can see it in my mind's eye i know exactly what you mean yeah it's it's so authentically done. Uh, yeah, I, I just absolutely love this game and uh, I, I had to put it on my list. There is something so specific, I think, about a game that manages to capture nostalgia for like your own... I want to say like your own thoughts at a particular age, not, you know, the yes. external mm-hmm. world that you existed in at that age, but like actually your inner landscape, if that's not too sort of pretentious of a thing to say. No, that's a really good way of putting it actually <laughs> i just like as i say having not played this like the, just hearing you describe it takes me back in such a specific way which i feel like is the absolute intention behind this game yeah 100 it's like yeah. a point of view it's like a return to an old like persona or like a younger version of yourself and i i think that's what i really liked about hypnospace is that like mm-hmm. i don't know i just saw myself in so many of the characters and like I imagine, like, with Zane as well, like, if just like I can imagine many people looking at Zane and being like, yep, I knew that person, or I was that person, I was that kid. And I think that's what's really yeah. nice about it. And also the underlying, Absolutely. you know, hints at this kid's life as well, which are, just sounds devastating. Like, oh, I just want to give him a hug. It's like, oh, he, he would not want the hug, but I would hug him. Where the Indiventure crew <laughs> won over by a secretly sad story about a kid that needs a hug that shocks me. <laughs> oh yeah, good yes. point. Yeah, very good point. <laughs> so good. It's very on. Like it sounds on the surface. Just the title alone makes it sound like quite a left field pick, and then you get into it and you're like, no, that's that's so us. Oh, yeah. as a, as yes, yes. So Liam Corded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> uh, Rachel, do you want to? 
You want to do your next one? Yes! This just got like a very Christmas morning feel to it, doesn't it? Everyone's like, is it I good? know! It <laughs> does, <laughs> yeah. Like Passing the presents around. I gotta bring it back to Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas spirit. So... <laughs> Uh, a lot of my favorite favorite games this year that I didn't manage to like get into my top five are also ones that kind of let us explore like a cool environment in a certain way. So a big one for me mm. was, was Season, which also released like way, way earlier this year. Like kind of the bicycle monologues of this young woman as she travels through like a valley. There was also Cheer, which I really appreciated, which was like a young girl exploring like an, an island inspired by New Caledonia and the devs were from there and it was just really cool. But my favourite in terms of landscape exploration was Jusant. Jusant. It's fun to say. <laughs> it really is. When they released the PR, when they released it, they, they said, this is how you pronounce it. And so I fucking hope, fucking hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Because Jusant, if I'm not, it's going to be Jusant, surely. Jusant? Yeah, Jusant. Yeah. Not Jusant. I would never say it like that. I, I would never. <laughs> just Jusant? Jusant. Jusant. No. <laughs> Have you played that just sad about the young lad climbing up the fucking tower? Like, that's all it is, is fucking climbing. I mean, I'm not gonna, t- I'm not gonna do my little little snippet with that accent. <laughs> I couldn't, but I very much oh would love to hear this person, another character of your of your creation, talk about. I was gonna say uh, he's back. Juice, Juicent. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's going to oh, be me no. because I played the game. But yes, I I love you. Saw it. Also talked about it on the podcast. I don't know when. Uh, maybe this one, maybe the other one. Who knows? Uh, but yes, you play as a young traveler who is tasked with climbing this kind of like vertical, colossal, natural structure. Like this, this like thing is just straight up. It's not a mountain. It's just a tower. And so your goal is to reach the top uh, by navigating like the sides of this like treacherous cliff face um but also you're kind of like piecing together this tower's past because there's like abandoned villages and um outposts like nestled within the side of the of the tower surface so you're climbing and also exploring it's essentially a climbing sim so you have multiple ways of making your way up the tower you can abseil there's wall running rope swinging but the best part about Jusant is that there's like free climbing capabilities um, as you control each of the young traveler's hands. If you let go of, if you hold the triggers of your controller, they grip the side of the rock face. If you let go, they let go. So it's very, it's very, this tenuous relationship of like you holding, sweating. I was sweating, like holding either the mouse and keyboard or a controller. I preferred controller just because it's a bit more visceral um there's a tension of you climbing and like learning like working out like a puzzle almost like how to efficiently 
climb this tower. And also the jump, okay? One of the best movements in games I've had played this year is this jump where you are climbing the side of this of this tower and there's a gap that's just a bit too big. So you need to hold down the A button or mouse button, I guess, to power up a jump and then you release and and the traveling the little kid like releases off the side of the tower and grabs on to the to the wall again. And I swear I've never like I've, I was just wheezing, wheezing after playing some moments from this game. And so you get these really like dramatic, but also like spectacle filled moments of like drama and like, oh, just complete and utter thrill. Um, but I think my main reason for why this game is like on my list is that it's one of, it's like the only game this year that I've like, I mean, you've heard me talk about it just that, like, I bodily, I felt this game in the, in my body. Like, when this, when this kid is climbing the walls, like, I'm, I'm, like, grasping the controller. Like, when they are, like, doing these jumps, my heart is, like, pumping. Uh, whenever they, like, get over a ledge, I audibly sigh. Like, this game is, like, I bodily felt this game as I was playing it. Like, I would finish playing this game and I got to work out. I was like, <laughs> I honestly feel so tired. And it just has this really wonderful way of connecting with your body. And I just, I just not played anything else like that. So that's the reason why it's, it's in my, my, my top five, which is not really in any order, but kind of an order. I don't really know, but it's in my top five. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Jusant was <laughs> um, in my top five. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't know. I don't know why. It's just, I think the, um, the mental image of you like putting the controller down and just sort of like you know when you've had a really intense workout and you just go like probably just like hands on your knees for a second like it's like I did a marathon but all I did is just <laughs> sit at my computer and wheeze at this at the screen <laughs> <laughs> like now that's a gamer's workout <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh, I loved it thought it was great I don't think everyone would get I mean, along with it but <laughs> I, that's no. why I liked it yeah, but just I mean, this came out been... of nowhere, right? Yeah. Like this, this just basically, was it over the summer? It was revealed. It was out two months later and yes. it absolutely blew everyone away. Like mm. this has been probably one of the quietest hits of the year, I think. Mm, definitely. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. They did announce it and then it released not long after people played yeah. it, mm-hmm. thought it was great. And then, I don't know, it's, I still, I, it made quite the impression on me. So I, mm. that's why I still remembered it, but yeah, I've not, not seen many people chat about it. Not too many. I think that Juson no. t- to me is interesting because it's, it's obviously, it's an in-house production by Don't Nod who are now also publishing. And we had a little chat yes. earlier about like where this sits yes. in the sort of like double A indie continuum. And the thing that I've noticed a lot this year is that double A's are really flying under the radar this year. Cause there's not really, you know, obviously like mm. when it comes to things like awards, there's not really an awards category where double A's fit in. There's, there's often kind of not a space really within the industry to you can't give them focus if you work for a site because they they mm-hmm, don't bring in mm-hmm. the money from the clicks but they're not sort of so small that places that specialize in indie coverage really get into them either and i had a similar thing with like um personally with like ghost trick and paranormal site this year both had a similar kind of vibe to them oh. i think it's just like so nice to be able to <laughs> yes. like give or, almost you feel like they're getting a, a, a worse deal in some ways than the tiny indies because at least the tiny indies have got this thing where it's like if you become the darling you'll get coverage whereas yeah, there's almost like true. no space to cover like a really good double a game and i love double a double a yes thank you thank you thank you rebecca for arguing <laughs> uh why i should be, be able to talk about you start a podcast love you <laughs> 
<laughs> you two there was we a moment like... someone had the audacity. <laughs> uh, I'm not well, even. Well, <laughs> excuse me. I, I just, I just think um, that Ori in the Blind Forest by being published by Microsoft. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, on a personal level, I love I love double A's, and I think that double A's have a home on this podcast as well. And I and you love don't uh, nod, so I do love don't nods. In fact, actually, once again, I can probably use that to do a little bit of a seg into my next one, if you don't mind me. uh... Ooh, seg away! (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. Seg away. Surely surely that is a thing. I quite like it. Actually, seg. Seg away. Let's seg on over. I don't seg, know. Uh, seg away. Let's seg on over. Okay, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not, I'm get, not getting into. We're not going it. down that getting... rabbit hole. We're not going down that rabbit hole today. Because I, I want it. I, I, I'm enough. stopping myself because I want to hear. This is like such an exciting episode. I, want to hear what you're <laughs> I, know, I know. It's so lovely. Um, yeah, the next game that I wanted to talk about is um, Goodbye Volcano High, which is not yeah. a don't nod game, but has all the vibes of a don't nod game, which is pretty much what yes. drew me to it initially. Well, no, I'm a big, big fan of the Life is Strange series, and there is like a Darth of like Life is Strange games at the moment. There's a lot of extra canonical mm. materials been out this year, but that's like the first year with no new game really um, for quite a long time. And um, so I've been like looking at other games, and luckily there've been a lot of indies that, that kind of stepped in to fill that space, which makes a lot of sense. That's kind of where Life is Strange is at in its cycle of like influencing other creators. And the one that I had my eye on for the longest was Goodbye Volcano High. Uh, the dinosaur coming of age drama about being in a rock band at the end of civilization as you know it. Um, and the the thing that makes makes me want to kind of call this one of my games of the year is a similar similar thing with birth, and it's why I chose to talk about these two first, is that like games that stuck the landing, it it can mm. be too easy to overlook a game that you thought was going to be great and it came out and it was exactly the the great little six hour experience that you expected it to be it can be so easy to just kind of like gloss over mm-hmm. that in your mind because it almost didn't, not in a bad way, but didn't surprise you with how good it was. But, you know, Goodbye Volcano High did not surprise me because I thought it was going to be a really good kind of Life is Strange-like with all the right feels and the great music and the mm. compelling but difficult characters. And it was. It was exactly all of that. And to not acknowledge that at the end of the year where it finally came out just felt wrong. So that yes. is basically top level the reason why i really wanted to put it in my top five for the year yes volcano high aka rebecca the game rebecca the game (laughs) if i had been a dinosaur kid then (laughs) i would have been rebecca the game like start to finish um (laughs) yeah it's like my 
and even even then, it's like it is important that it's about dinosaurs. It's extremely relevant. To yeah, the game. absolutely. It's not mm-hmm. just a it's not just a sort of odd aesthetic that they've chosen to make it stand out. It is very much about this kind of alternate version of dinosaur society where they have modern technology and modern social kind of mores, but are literally dinosaurs mm-hmm. at the point where they find out that the asteroid's going to hit. And yeah, it's it's super short. It's like uh, six hours, eight chapters altogether. So you can play it in mm. two or three sittings. It And it's so hard not to make terrible, terrible puns at this point, but it packs a punch. It has yeah. an impact. It's like, it's really, like it, it invites these these kind of almost um, not very cool ways to talk about it, but it it genuinely does. Um, and it's another game, I suppose, again, if I wanted to link it back to, to my first pick, it's like another game very much about living in the moment and learning mm. to kind of navigate the difficulties of life and kind of accept the things you can't change, but try and change the things that you can. Yes. Um, I think we all did play this one. This is one of the few yes. that we've all played. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah. And had a big had a big cry over Discord once we'd all finished it. Very cool. Yeah. It's it's a My feels yeah. It's a weepy. It's a weepy at the end, it's gotta be said. But yeah, it's just if you if like me you've been missing Life is Strange and you haven't played Goodbye Volcano High yet, definitely give it a go. It is it is all those good vibes and also its own thing. And what more can you really, really mm. ask of it? Yes. Mm. Great music too. Oh, yeah, the- I was going to say, yeah. yeah, one of the best soundtracks of yeah. the year. I think, um, what's it called? Is it Going Away or Pretty Heroes? Maybe maybe they're both oh, songs, but yeah. I do listen to them. And, oh, I like Don't Call. Tear Up, Don't Call is beautiful. It's one of the best oh, soundtracks of the year. Uh, and Lacko Angel. And Watson, their performance is yeah. stunning. What I really liked about this game is it really captured the inherent sadness and grief of growing up in a way that very few games do, but oh, mixed so in with this sort of post-pandemic traumatic feeling towards lost time. And it was it was a very complex and multi-layered game. Maybe a little bit messy for me to put it in my personal top five, but it was very close. Um, mm. That's such a good way of describing it. And like, it's, it for sure is messy, but you know me, I live, I live in the, especially <laughs> like the emotional messiness of games is where I really start yeah. to click with things. So I think yeah. that probably is the thing that put it in my top five, even if it was, it was like just yeah. a and, little bit. And I think, honestly, I think that like slight abrasiveness, not even abrasiveness, I think that's like choppiness mm. almost is a positive. It's almost in its favor in some ways. Yeah, I think I it just highlights those core narrative themes. Um, but yeah, stunning game. An absolutely beautiful it thing so- to oh, it, look it at. It looks amazing as well. It's like, it. yeah. You know, it basically is fully animated. I was expecting a visual novel it is a fully animated, like, yep. what is an FMV, but it's a cartoon. We don't really have a word for that yet, but, Ooh. you know, mm. it's it's kind of that style. It's the FMV style in that you're, you're limited interactions point. with what's going on on screen, but it's, you know, fully yeah. animated as a cartoon. I, I don't know. Yep. There's not many games that do that at the moment because they're either fully interactive or they're static or FMV. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely. Punch me in the feels. I know punch in the fields and no one no one is like all Safe? all good or all bad in that game and I like that a lot. That's where I that's where I like my characters. Yes. With a li- yep, little bit of little bit of complexity to them. So yeah, there's there's my s- second pick, is that where we're at? Mm. Yeah. Liam. Two good wanna- picks. I've I will go next. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd actually forgotten what your picks were, both of you. So every time you're about to say something, I'm like, oh, well, I'm getting yeah, really excited. Yeah, same, to be like, fair. Much like you, listener. So my second pick 
is Pizza Tower. Tower is by Tor de Pizza, which is a great name for a developer. Uh, this came out in January. This game got a huge following really fast. Mm, but at yeah. the same time, I don't feel like I've heard many people talk about it in the second half of the year, which is probably quite common because, you know, it's a single player story game. You don't play these things forever. But I would. it's a shame to not see it celebrated a little bit more because uh, I do think this is as is evident by its place on my list, one of the best games of this year. So you play as, you're gonna have to bear with me here while I try and explain what this game is. You play as Pepino Spaghetti, um, a chef. And from what I can tell the story is that an evil pizza called Pizza Face, that is a pizza with a face, okay. is threatening to destroy Pepino's pizza restaurant using a laser that's on top of his pizza tower. So you have to Ooh. climb the pizza tower to defeat Pizza Face. Um, and if that sounds a little bit wacky, uh, yeah, that's the whole game. The whole game is just pure wackiness. It's styled like a 90s cartoon, a little bit like Ren and Stimpy. Mm. Um, it's just very expressive and dumb. Uh, but, I mean, immediately, you'll just realise that this game is so fucking funny. Like, <laughs> it feels like the game took the amount of time it took to come out. I think it was in development for a while because the developer was just stuffing visual gags into every inch of this game and it all pays off like everything Pepino does is funny every animation there's a button like to to dodge attacks in this game you press a button and he just does like a goofy little pause and it plays like a funny sound um and every level has a different theme each level's crammed with like unique items and animations and enemies and all of them have jokes about them it's like nothing was put in the game if it didn't add or increase the humor in somewhere uh, so this is a 2D platformer that's really heavily inspired by the Wario Land series, um, specifically Wario Land 4 on the GBA. You run through each level collecting pizza ingredients to get more points until you reach a column with a face, and then you've got to punch it, and then it's a race against the clock to go all the way back to the entrance while this incredibly stressful piece of music plays. I think I'll play that at the start of this section. Uh, and if you don't reach the end... <laughs> Before that timer runs out, it's game over. And as you're running back, your score is decreasing. Initially, I bounced off this game really hard. I did not like it for the first hour or so I played it. So Pepino was like really snappy and responsive as a character. But it just felt like whenever you were gaining speed, I was hitting literal walls. So I would like do a jump or I would like try and dash. A dash is like a really important move in the game where you've got to run and then jump on a wall to run up the wall. And I just felt like the game was constantly stopping me from reaching the speed and the flow state I wanted to hit. So I came back, to, I put it down, I came back to it a few months later on the Steam Deck and I realised that that stop-start nature isn't a hindrance or a flaw, it's what makes this game magic. Uh, if you don't like, if you move past the, you know, the really funny art and the great music, I think this game combines a sense of speed and fluidity with like methodical, careful decision-making 
in a way mm. that very few platformers do. Mm. And the result is this platformer that feels really speedy and weighty, where like every single button press has like genuine consequences. Um, and it's just it's just utter madness as a game. <laughs> like the fact unhinged. this thing exists, oh, it's it so does. unhinged. <laughs> it's like it, it it's just like watching a cartoon network cartoon oh. in the early two thousands. Cow and Chicken, Courage the Cowardly Dog. It has all of that prestige from those cartoons. Uh, honestly, I just can't fault it. It ended up being not only one of the best games of the year that I played, but maybe one of the best games I've ever played. Um, I think it's just absolutely sensational. And yeah, Pizza Tower. If you've not played it, you've got to give it a try. It's bloody brilliant. I think, I think if, you, if you give it a, two tries, because yeah, I well, yeah. it's the same as you. I played it once. Bounced off it, not for me, but I really need to give it another go because like, so yeah, two tries. Cause I think the first time I you think everyone feels a bit tries. the same. Yeah. It's a bit like I was lit. I couldn't get a handle on the controls. It was just going way too fast, but this is the pure chaotic energy of Pepino. <laughs> it's so like, funny. I want to, I want to know more about Pepino and I, I want to know more <laughs> about how unhinged he is. So I need to go back and give it another go because like, mm. there is just this vibe about this game that is like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't um, into it at first, but I, I need to go back uh, and yeah, give it another do. go. God Some damn. of the most powerful relationships you can have with media, I find as well, are the things that you initially mm. thought you were going to hate. Yes. Like that, that's yes. subversion of expectation is like it sticks in your mind so much right it mm-hmm. it it's a powerful feeling in itself that feeling of like really coming around to something that you were prepared to really dislike and, yes 100 you know, yeah. it's almost like the inversion of how i feel about goodbye volcano high where it's like probably its biggest flaw is that it's almost forgettable because i went in with expectations that were met so perfectly whereas to oh, that's hmm. an interesting way of putting it yeah yeah, I guess if it doesn't challenge you in some way. Uh, I think this just demonstrates we're getting a good spread of opinions on things here. <laughs> like, Rachel, didn't you hit Paradise Killer when you first played oh, it Oh, well? you like, would not believe it. <laughs> yeah. I played the demo, thought, absolutely not. It looks hideous. I hate everything about it. It's confusing. Mm. I don't get it. Yeah, that was such a turnaround. And obviously now it's like one of the, my favourite games ever. My related funny story is that the character that I've spent all year cross-stitching onto things... Um, Prost being my favourite character in all of media from Danganronpa was the character that I hated so much at the start of the game. Oh, that funny. So funny how that happens. Um, yeah, and now I've got him on a key ring, he's on a t-shirt, I've been cross-stitching him. You, like, oh all. my god. I feel that way about Pepino. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I want Pepino on a t-shirt. Fan gamer, I know yep. they do good bitch. Fan gamer. I, there's just, fan I gamer, want sponsor us fan gamer. gamer. I need, I need, I Pepino, dude. Do you know what? He's a vibe. He's a very 2023 vibe. He's like, he got, like he really needs to, he needs to sit. Vibe. I'm like Pepino, come here, sit down, and have a Capricorn, <laughs> and just, just chill, please, Pepino. Pepino, okay. calm down. Like, the I desire just, that is a vibe. to give a character just a drink and have them calm down. For yeah, I want real. to nurture it's him. So real. Yeah, it's very real. He seems like a really great guy as well. <laughs> Pepino, video character 2023. Okay, Absolute right. Icon. Like, put it on the episode <laughs> list. Characters you want to give a beverage and a pat on the back to and just like calm them down oh. for a minute. That's a list in itself. A little um, <laughs> fruit shoot. A, uh, a, oh, a little a, fruit shoot for Pepino spaghetti. Pepino, yeah. That's a unique sentence right there. There we Amazing. go. Amazing. Oh, that's beautiful. That's a great pick though. 
I, I think many would agree with you. That game has like got so many overwhelmingly positive reviews on Steam. Oh yeah. Oh, it got so big. I'm looking at the fan gamer merch right now. By the way, they do a Norm Forest poster. Oh, I need that my. immediately. There's like a pin that's a pizza box that you can open. Oh and yeah, like... it lifts up. Oh, it's oh, so good. Yeah, it's oh, good merch. I love that. Good merch. Good merch. It's it's just it's just got that sense of style. We spoke about this on our success episode about games that like gain a life beyond like simple critical and like so, like and consumer um <laughs> success yes and <laughs> stretches out into just like not like i guess meme in its most dictionary definition of the yeah. term mm. um and pepino uh, and pepino has i just thought you might be going in the direction of like he's surpassed the physical realm into like the, the spiritual <laughs> yeah, no, he has. realm yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. pepino is god uh, <laughs> oh, oh man god and on that note rachel what's your number right? three <laughs> we could stay on this all night but we should move Pepino. on for now um <laughs> <laughs> my third uh yep th- third pick wow my third pick is pepino um is <laughs> <laughs> my third pick oh, is uh, the cosmic wheel sisterhood Cosmic, cosmic wheel. Cosmic, cosmic wheel. So yeah, 2023 was a fantastic year for visual novels. We've already mentioned Goodbye Volcano High, which was incredible. There was the absolute like queer nightmare that is Mediterranean Inferno, which I fucking loved. Mm. I also loved Sea Salt Chronicles, which was like this kind of like strange seafaring journey where you visit different communities in like a post-calamity world. As, but the, my favorite out of all of them, apart from maybe... One Rebecca will mention later because it was very close to being in my list. So close. <laughs> um, but my other favorite visual novel this year was, yes, Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood by Deconstruct Team. Again, talked about it before, but same old, same old. Um, <laughs> I would love to talk about it again because I really like this game. <laughs> it's, a, it's a visual novel where you play as a young witch called Fortuna who... She predicts the the downfall of her coven through her tarot reading and then gets exiled um, onto a meteor uh, because, yeah, apparently covens don't like hearing that they're going to have a massive downfall. And so she has been exiled to live out a millennia in total and utter isolation on... um, in a little house on a meteorite. So yeah, staying in one place can seriously <laughs> fuck you up. So in her 200th year of her exile, she um, decides to break one of like the ultimate laws of um, witchhood and sisterhood and summon a god. Uh, and after the two kind of shoot the shit and talk about how being forced into isolation absolutely sucks, they um, make a pact with each other um fortuna gets new tarot card deck with new abilities and the god just gets to kind of take part in shits and giggles because he's bored i guess uh what story what follows is like a story that kind of touches upon 
the limits of player choice and but also like the ripple effect your choices can have in a game's world and the amount of choices in this game is like incredible there's so many different directions you can go in terms of character creation um you can make your own tarot cards and each time you make a card you can like attribute it to different kind of tarot readings and meanings and there's people who visit you to get tarot readings and you can the questions they ask and how you play out your tarot deck uh, you can infer different um futures potential fates for these characters which may or may not come true um but yeah ultimately this game is quite melancholy in that like we touched upon it earlier but like it definitely is like a post-pandemic trauma kind of game mm. it you know this one person has been isolated they can't leave yeah. their their home and it's kind of like the personal aftermath i think a lot of there's been a lot of calamity games this year as well that kind of deal with like mm. oncoming disaster and like goodbye volcano high this is like it's not on the world like size but like the more personal aftermath of of mm. someone going through that and as something that we it's all something we share like we all went through this event and Fortuna is a character because of the many choices that you can kind of like you can kind of pick how she behaves and how she acts so it's really interesting when I was playing as her I found myself really relating to her situation and becoming quite angry about it and so I made her like oh yeah I want one of her um goals was I want people to fear me oh what do you want to do about your coven well I, I pray for their downfall like they should like I want them all to die and like I was really bitter and twisted that I play like the way I was playing her and I, I think there are other ways to do it as well you can play her as kind of melancholy and as kind of hopeful as well but it's really a weird kind of mirror of like what I was going through or many people were going through during the pandemic through this character and the way that she reacts to her situation and the feelings that she has of going through an event that necessarily like wasn't your own doing or you had no control over. And so this is quite a, a intense game <laughs> because of that. If you'd like to read it in that way, um, I think I, I had a chat with the devs and that is in totally intentional how they wanted it to come across, but you can, interpret whatever you like from it and yeah it's just a really great visual novel um that is pretty heavy it handles its topics incredibly yeah i just I, I i found myself in this game i kind of like processed not like deep process but like processed a lot of feelings yeah. <laughs> through this game and this character and yeah. yeah it's just a very unique experience that i had and i think many others maybe it's not so unique i think others have taken the same thing from the game but yeah mm -hmm. uh, deconstruct team you've done it again woo <laughs> i <laughs> knocked out the park i only really have one thing to bring to this conversation at this point and that is that genuinely one of my biggest regrets of 2023 is that i did not manage to find time to play the cosmic will sisterhood despite having it installed on my steam deck since like late september early october i've just not managed to find time to wedge it in sideways it is top of my list to check out because i genuinely think this could have upset my rankings if i'd had time to play it um is it worth saying at this point actually that we we are going to do a little bit of a revisit in we think maybe april to absolutely um, give ourselves a bit of time 100%. to catch up on, the, on the games we yeah. missed and um yeah. we're gonna we're gonna see if the you know if the final tally for games of the year 2023 has changed and i'm really gonna try and play cosmic world sisterhood for then so that i can 
see mm-hmm. where it all stacks yes. up because yeah everything I've heard about it has totally backed up the opinion that I've heard from everyone that I've talked to about it which is that it is a great game in general and a game that I particularly will love so I look forward mm-hmm. to it genuinely mm-hmm. sad that I've not played it yet Sam yes it's uh pretty heavy though so watch, watch, watch out it has a pretty weird second half which i'm not sure it definitely changes direction in like the second half of the game which is a bit ooh, oh, right. uh, which i know some people liked and other people thought was a bit well you had something great going why did you change direction i personally liked mm. it but that was the only kind of like um kind of footnote of people were like talk- when people were talking about the game was that it does take a very <laughs> A slightly weird inscription-esque direction. Ooh, okay. Um, not so for full break here or all that, but just in terms of like, oh, am I playing a different game now? Uh, <laughs> wow, okay. But, I didn't um, know that. That's interesting. I didn't know the, that for part, me, so that's, that's cool. Yeah, for me, the first the first couple of hours are completely, yeah, uh, yeah. good, amazing. Uh, solidified its place on my list. <laughs> so yeah, what a, what a I, game. Hmm. Related slightly, but I, I think I won't be the only one uh, among the people listening who will think this, but I would love for you, Rachel, to lead an episode at some point about post-pandemic indie games. Oh, my Because God. it's something you've identified so many times this year, and I think there's some really interesting chat mm-hmm. to be had about this, about um, Medi... How, what is it? I can never remember the name of it. Medi- Mediterranean Inferno. Oh. Mediterranean yeah. Inferno. Yes. Um. Yeah, oh. I'd, I'd love to have that chat. I think it'd be really interesting. It is so interesting. Oh, yeah. And and this is something that mm-hmm. like, just because freelance, I've just been going back and getting back into interviewing developers now, which has been really nice. Because I didn't mm-hmm. do much of that, of that at the other site. Um, so <laughs> it's just something that I've really enjoyed. And But yeah, there's just this on, not, not surprising at all when you think about it, this is, yeah, this ongoing yeah. conversation uh, about, yeah, not only the ways that the pandemic has affected like developers economically financially uh and all that success but just in the themes and the way that games have changed over you know the course of like 2019 to 2022 the different directions mm. that they took and how different mm-hmm. games be, like changed the and this is one of those games this is one of those games where the, the the devs at one point were like we're we're putting ourselves in this game and it's great and we love that but also <laughs> we also need to a break like i interviewed them like a, a month or two after this release and they were so tired bless them and they deserve oh deconstructing you need to rest this is an absolutely amazing game they're now they're now collaborating with another indie studio to make these really gorgeous itch games but yeah rest because this is iconic this game is amazing but yeah. please get the rest you need and that's a that's a common story amongst a lot of people the mm. devs that released mm. but yeah love it so yes. good we should Incredible we should definitely pick. play genuinely it. Pencil in that episode as well. You two, yeah. play yeah. it. Okay, I'll play it. We're going Please. to. We promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was definitely the year when all those themes really came out. Like, obviously, the development cycle yes. from things people were going through in 2020 mm-hmm. really came mm-hmm. out this year. Um, it kind of links into my theory, too, that the reason that locked room murder mystery games have got so big again is because we were all locked in thinking about murdering each other for like a year and a <laughs> half. Um, <laughs> Kind of like the, yeah, the lighter a... and also much darker side of that. But, you know, I think it comes out in a lot of ways. But that across the board, though, so many games from like the very serious, the very lighthearted have kind of dealt with that. They genuinely mm. have dealt with those themes mm-hmm. this year. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to put that in a spreadsheet, Rachel. You, you, you're doing it. It's happening. 
Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I'll see, yeah. Put a new I'd forward for that to. episode, definitely. <laughs> Been Rebecca, It's me again. Um, it's you again. Yes. And as Rachel alluded to um, in, in her last pick, mine is another visual novel, although very different in terms of like tone and content. It's Videoverse. This is a game that happily I did manage, just managed to finish in time to record this episode. So that made me very happy. Nice. Um, but I don't, I don't think this is a recency bias issue because it was genuinely when I finished this game a few nights ago, I was like lying on my sofa feeling a little bit poorly. I was on my Steam Deck and I just like had that moment where you, mm. you finish a game or a book or whatever and you just kind of put it down and you're like, <sighs> it's so hard to describe the feelings that I was, that I was going through. Mm. But... It was like a good feeling. It was like a happy feeling. I think it's because that game is so perfectly nostalgic for specifically my age group and demographic. Yes. Um, so Videoverse is set in 2004, 2003. Um, and it follows um, a group of teenagers who meet through this uh, online sort of early social media platform called Videoverse, which is tied into um, a gaming platform, which is not Nintendo, essentially. Um, and it's it's a very very gentle story, really in most ways. It is it is quite reflective, quite contemplative, and very realistic. Other than sort of one little side story, nothing happened in that game that I didn't kind of recognise from my own early experiences yes. as a young teenager on social media in kind of that time period. And it could it could kind of just lean on nostalgia. But it does, in the end, go further than that, I think. And the thing that that ended up kind of really resonating with me in the end was that, um, I don't know, I don't think, this may be a minor spoiler, and I, I don't think go for it, it will... I don't think, I think I know what you're going to about. Mm-hmm. Anyone's enjoyment okay. of the game. But it is ultimately about the, the point of view character, Emmett, becomes um, someone who works in the games industry as a result of the experiences that he has in this story as a teenager. And obviously that's something that all three of us can relate to as well. Um, and I liked, I liked as well that he doesn't necessarily, I think you can like your choices affect this. His yeah. role changes depending on how you behaved as him as a teenager, like the the sort of area oh. that he goes into and specializes. And I just thought that was like, very realistic you meet characters who go into game dev because of their love for games and mm. they don't all become like uh trying to think of the name of a superstar game developer is not like hugely problematic and i'm just completely blanking but you know what i mean we're not talking about people who <laughs> you know we're not talking about the big or cheers we're talking about people who do you know the the kind of background literally sometimes like background jobs mm-hmm. um just for love of the industry and for love of making something to mean to other people you know the way that games have meant to them and have helped pull them through like difficult times and created that sense of community and um i don't think that's a a huge ending spoiler like it would be really hard to spoiler this game because really it is just about 
exploring this platform and exploring the relationships between characters and, and kind of like finding your way around it at your own pace. So hopefully that's not created any issues for anybody, but I had to mention it because I was enjoying this game throughout, but when I kind of realized not only is this a game that I relate to so hard as a teenager of the 2000s, but also as someone who then like went through the quite hard fight to get into games, you know, games media professionally as well. Mm. It left me with so many feelings, so many feelings yes. and like feeling quite seen, I guess, and quite validated. And, you know, it is just really beautiful and so realistic. As I said, there's one, there's one little subplot that kind of oh, yeah. gets a little bit like, more dramatic but most of the time it's just very very realistic interactions between very relatable characters um all of whom i really liked things never go as well or as badly as they usually would in overblown fiction um <laughs> and if you are sort of in your like early 30s like us it is probably going to be really really like nostalgic for you too mhm yeah videoverse was so so close uh, coming in my top five, so I'm really happy we're yeah. talking about it. I, f- I feel like you almost wrote it out because you knew I was picking it, so you were like, oh, that's one that I don't have <laughs> Maybe. <to> do. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but I'm so happy you included it because, yeah, this uh, Videoverse is like such a time capsule of a moment. Oh, uh, yes. Like, it's it just evokes a certain time period. Like, But, like, you've touched upon it a bit. Like, it is nostalgic, but it also is timeless in the topics that it touches upon. So... Yes, I I can see myself in it, but also like this story about like how a community or how people find companionship and friendship through games and they come together as well. It's just like so astute to point out. And like, that was what yeah. our formative years online were about. Like, yes. I was yep. like, I was like on yep. forums, like looking for Ace Attorney yep. people, strangers to talk about uh, <laughs> that game with. And like, yep. I just... There's just something about it. And you know what is, oh my God. And like, I don't want to get, again, you've done a great job of like, like kind of avoiding some of the main topics, but it's also like a really lovely story about like how these online friendships can like, can kind of slowly change into like support networks for us. Um, Especially when you learn to like lean on people and these kind of, you know, you talk shit posting and how hot people are in games or whatever you used to do online. Definitely not me. And Mm. then those, they turn into (laughs) friendships and then, yeah, you rely on each other and you support each other as you get to know. And it's just really, uh, yeah, video versus so fucking good. So good. Lucy Blundell. Oh, so good. Yeah. Genuinely couldn't not mention this one. So good. Yeah. Good pick. This is one I really wanted to try and finish, but couldn't just because of changing jobs and, and other sort of priorities this year, unfortunately. But the hour I played of this is part of uh, our uh, judging on the panel for the Indie Cup mm-hmm. over the summer. Mm-hmm. Just playing an hour of this and I was like, yeah, this would probably be in my top five if I played the whole game. So I'm really happy to see it represented here and cannot wait to play it for myself because yes. it, it was just like everything you've said yes that's that's a that's a bit of me as the kids might say Ooh, that's a bit of me yeah oh god is that what they say i don't know i don't know i, I don't think they do anymore rebecca i think that was probably oh, no, the generation generations out on my out. teen slang oh no oh no quickly move move on rachel <laughs> um who's next who is, is, is it me? Oh, sorry, it's Liam, not it's Rachel. Me. I do apologize. I was so hurt by the uh, suggestion that I might not 
Just, just cut Liam out. Yeah, slag. Yeah, Liam, you're not allowed. Uh, no more of you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, let's. I'm just gonna go recapture the brain cell. I'm gonna get it back in here, and we're, we'll carry on. If it's like it's it, escaped. Great, yeah, yeah. It, it keeps getting out. It's over there somewhere. I'm trying to try to sort of entice uh, like it back escape. Over. With the net. I, yeah, I don't know why, but in my head it was Bunga from Bug Snacks as our shared oh, brain cell. Oh, God. I did not Oh, oh. Is she about to pull a plushie out? Of course she oh, is. Oh, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> bunga, bunga, bunga. Oh, that's better than okay. my choice. Okay, the best one is Banapper, which is like a banana that flies through the air. Banapper. Honestly, oh my God. I love Bug Incredible. Snacks. Better than my pick, which is the brain thing from the start of Baldur's Gate 3 that like can join your party, is it? Oh, yes. yeah, yes, like the little, little freak. Yeah, the little freak. I like both. <laughs> they have similar vibes, that brain and Bunga, I must admit. They are on the, the same. Uh, yeah, it's like a, a little, little brain dog that just runs around and does stuff. Yeah, oh, there it is. That Bunga plush is so good. Is that is that a fan game of special by any chance? Oh, you know it is. Look oh, at fan that. Game sponsor us. <laughs> please, like please. <laughs> God's one sake. pizza tower t-shirt yeah. fan game that's we all we're really asking do. for one pizza one pizza grease soaked pizza tower t-shirt <laughs> in a one pizza box. used pizza t- oh. <laughs> one by pepino i want oh. pepino to bless the shirt <laughs> <laughs> i meant with pizza crust. it wasn't no. that wasn't the issue oh, <laughs> oh dear god oh. almighty Liam, My next game <laughs> is El Paso Elsewhere. I turn a man to a beast right in front of me. The only warmth that I see steams from his sleeve so bloodily. He's naked. See a black man pounding the pavement. Every crack in the ground is a burden. He's taking their place in bets, spending their jets. Thin-haired bastards craving sweat, salivating on a human marionette. Nervous fingers grip the cage they built and shake it. I want this man to help me break it. If not for me, for himself. But I doubt that the torture is aware of his health. I want wealth. Cause the goal of this age is to be the panting evil out there rattling the cage. I want help. If not for us, for our kin. And a little debt is damned before they ever begin. I want wealth. Cause the goal of this age is to be the panting evil out there rattling the cage. I've been so fucking excited for you to talk about this fucking game. I'm like, right. so fucking same. excited. We, we have not really <laughs> God, spoke about God this. God damn but it. Let's see if I, I can encapsulate our feelings. Oh. This is a game by Strange Scaffold. Uh, in it, you play as a hard-boiled paranormal investigator called James Savage, who travels to a no-name motel in El Paso in order to stop the vampire Dracula from ending the world. One small twist, or one small problem, Dracula is Savage's ex-girlfriend, which forms the backbone of this game. So moment to moment, and the thing that appealed to me about uh, El Paso, (laughs) I said old El Paso. (laughs) Mm. Pizza Tower's got us hungry and now we're just in the mindset. Mm. (laughs) So the thing that drew me to this game originally is that um, this is a Max Payne style third person shooter, a type of game that we don't really see much of these days. So moment to moment, you leap around tightly designed environments, shooting werewolves, vampires, suits of armor, and undead brides using a variety of weapons, and you're able to trigger slow motion at any point. Uh, it is 
one of the best shooters of the year. I really Ooh. vibed with it on a mechanical level. It's really yes. fast and responsive. It's really challenging and fun. Um, death comes really quickly, uh, but thankfully checkpoints are plenty. And also it has some superb accessibility settings. Uh, you can just put on God mode if you want to literally oh, just race real? through this game and enjoy yeah. it in any way you want. Very granular. This is nice. how much, you know, um, damage I do. This is how much health I regain from my pills. And again, like Max Payne, it has all the sort of tropes of Max Payne in there. You've got this uh, gravelly voiced main character, voiced by the game's creator, Zalavia Nelson Jr., who you may know as uh, a Twitter's indie <laughs> sweetheart. Uh, absolutely it really is. A great Twitter follow. Um, you Fantastic. pop pills constantly to regain your health, just like Max Payne. Um, and it all takes place within this motel in El, El Paso, but Dracula's ritual has summoned this void that twists and corrupts this hotel into something that's unusual yet very familiar. And it ends up drawing upon the memories and traumas of both Savage and Dracula the deeper you venture into it. It's very Remedy in that style. Mm. I think it's, it's mm. captured not just the Give mechanics me vibes of this, Max yeah. Payne. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, you can't just do a Max Payne style game without also capturing that Remedy spirit. Mm. And I really think that's why El Paso Elsewhere really shines. Um, it's styled after PS1 games, so it has a really distinct art style. Um, so, for example, the roof of the hotel is, is always absent. So even though you're fighting through these very tight corridors and it feels very claustrophobic, it also feels very endless and cosmic and grand. Mm. And it's a really interesting parallel. Uh, but my favorite thing about it is the story. And this is the thing that really impacted me. Um, narratively, this is maybe the game that's had the biggest effect on me because this is a story about an abusive relationship between Savage and Dracula. Dracula did not treat James in a way that could be considered nice or fair, but it handles this relationship with a lot of nuance and care. Mm. And I've just never really seen it done in a game before. And especially in a game that is fundamentally um, like a 2000 style action shooter. <laughs> and that parallel mm. between the two things is really, really powerful. And you know, it's a game about Draculas and werewolves and it's about what it means to love a monster. And I just think abstracting that is really interesting because Dracula was once Janet Drake and you learn about who Janet Drake was and you also learn about who Dracula is. And I sort of felt like by having this abstracted twisted void like world that you travel into was almost a bit like journeying into the heart of trauma itself mm. like knowing yeah. full well that doing that's gonna hurt and like cut you and you'll bleed but maybe there's no other way to heal and it, it sort of has this like feeling of these two people who did once love each other but also caused irreparable damage meeting each other and unpacking things but at the end of the world like James knows that he's the only one that can prevent Dracula from killing everything, but has to deal with this deep-rooted trauma in order to do it. Like he's going to die doing this. And mm. it's just delivered beautifully. I, honestly, the the voice acting by Nelson and uh, Dracula is voiced by someone called M. Montgomery. They are both just absolutely firing on all cylinders here and to say anything else about the game we'll be spoiling it it has two endings both of which are incredible um yeah honestly this game was a real surprise for me mm -hmm. i think it's a five mm -hmm. out of five game 
absolutely stunning. Rachel, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. <laughs> so, oh my God, I was the same. I think you brought it up on the podcast um, a while ago. I Because I remember you talking about it and being like, oh, not really my thing. Um, yeah. Started hearing kind of what the story's about. It's totally not my kind of game at all. So like with those settings, I put it, I've put it on um, custom where yep. I take less damage. It's story mode. That's the one. I, I take less damage. I have unfillable. I still have to take medicine to heal, but I don't have to, well, chug back a bottle of pills uh, when I want to heal. Um, and also I have limitless bullets just because mm. I was really interested in the story of the game. My God, this story mm. is unbelievable. Um, it is, it's like, like you said, it's like, and this is, okay, this is the kind of guy who's like, God closes the door, but the devil opens a window. Like he is so, <laughs> he is so like, I don't yeah. know, like repo man, like far, like there's just, it's just not my kind of dude. <laughs> Cause I'm yeah. just like, he's cool. Okay. But I'm just a bit like, oh, I don't know. But it's just kind of like these layers of like what essentially is very like a masculine man being like slowly, yeah. or this masculine like archetype being like slowly peeled back and like, mm-hmm. there's there's just this one moment where like, you just like there's obviously like emotional abuse happening in this like relationship, mm-hmm. um, to the point where yeah James talks about Janet, even though Janet's not really she doesn't exist anymore. Like it's yeah. it's a it's an idea or it's a memory of a person who is not that person anymore. And there's just this moment where I, I think it's like that you can come across recordings and there's like the smashing of dishes. And I honestly had such a visceral, yeah, like it was horrible. But also this game is really fun. Shooty, shooty, good times. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just that combination of, oh my God. And it's just so, like you said, effortlessly done and the the voice acting is so good. And he Mm. raps the music. It's the best soundtrack of the whole fucking year. Sorry, Bomber Cyberfunk. Uh, love you, babe. But there's a new there's a new boy in town, and like he, it's like so good. And sometimes your action melts into the music, and like the oh, void, like the, the void, like it kind of like it's like yeah, it gets all murky and it swallows you up. And there's like a corridor of chairs at one point, and you're like shooting this corridor of chairs, and all these chairs are flying around. And oh, it's just so good. And I was so surprised. I did not think this game would be for me, but yeah, it's like oh god. But violence and action, but also drug addiction and toxic relationships. Oh, yeah. and, and it's just like, God damn, this yep. game. Absolutely so incredible. It. Yeah. Uh, it, it, if this, okay. But if if that's not your kind of thing, do what I do. Put it on story mode. You can put it on, on invincibility. Just whap that, yep. um, that setting mm. down uh, and just play, just try this game. Like it is yep. so, it's just really good. Great story. I, like, I haven't oh. played it yet, but I just do want to jump in with my potentially slightly controversial take here, which is that <gasps> in its accessibility alone, I feel like El Paso Elsewhere has out-remedied Remedy. And mm. like, I speak as someone who desperately wants to love Remedy games, but has bounced off every single one I play because I just cannot... I don't feel like their um, their gameplay style ever meshes quite right with the story they want to tell, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. coming back to it later with like, oh, you know, we like drop the difficulty or whatever. Sorry, Remedy. It's never really worked for me. Whereas this has that 
baked in so considerately. And it's important in stories like this, and you've probably heard me bang on about this in the podcast before, to make them accessible to everyone and like playable within comfort levels when you're dealing with serious topics like this. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm gonna be I'm gonna be controversial. Say so I've not played it yet. I feel like it might be my favorite remedy game. <laughs> well, what what's interesting is that I actually think playing it with the accessibility setting sort of like tuned to make it easier, quote unquote, is mm. maybe the best way of playing this game because then you get this extra meta layer of this man who is capable of committing incredible acts of violence, mm. showing vulnerability and expressing how he's been hurt. And I just think that is almost part of the thematic um, cornerstone Ooh. of the game. And, oh, that is yeah. like chef's kiss. That is so good. Also, fuck that elevator. That elevator is a bully. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make no sense. But if you've played it, you'll be like, yeah, fuck that elevator. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe the shit, the shit, the audacity of what that fucking yeah. elevator said to James. I never wanted to beat up an, eleva- an elevator so much in my life. Good. Awful. <laughs> Awful. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, you'll have to have to seek it out, Rebecca. I think I definitely it. will. I definitely will. As I say, it just sounds it's just like that story. The story I want. So good. So great, much. great game for your list. For our list, yeah, brilliant game. Such a our, good list. our collective it's, list. It's our list. The group it's our list. Now. I made that <laughs> list for everyone. God <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, Rachel. Rachel. To go in with your last. Is this yes. the last? Last mm-hmm. round of individual picks? Cool. cool. It, is. I think it is. Um so uh my last pick is something that I played very recently. It was the longest game I've played this year. It Ooh. it was uh in Stars and Time. I like how you're giving these games their own, like almost like 1970s comedy theme songs. Like, God, yeah. Uh, even the most uh, heavy ones, just like, oh, cosmic wheel, cosmic wheel. Uh, <laughs> She's a witch and he's a god. Sorry, go on. Sorry. <laughs> like um, Buddy Cop. They want to commit masses, atrocities, kill the sisterhood. Yeah, yeah. Cheeky banter, fun times. This is going to make no sense unless we keep all of these little tunes in. (laughs) Going to keep them in, I think. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. So uh, I recently played in Stars and Time. Um, I dedicated all of my November to this game. It's quite a beastie game. It's 20 hours. Um, Every review, every piece of writing I've seen about this game, people play it and they cannot stop thinking about it. This game does that to you. Um, It's a time looping RPG where kind of the TLDR is that you play as a main character who remembers every loop, um, every time loop. And it's the consequences of that character experiencing the same day over and over and over again. Kind of like Groundhog Day, but in game form. In, and also in a way that's kind of like, it's going to 
<laughs> hit you in the feels, make you not feel so good sometimes, but also is really uplifting and hopeful. And the characters are amazing. Like the story follows this like adventuring party who kind of like follow your classic RPG group. And the beginning of the game is the last day of their journey. They have been on the RPG journey. This last day is them going into the castle, uh, fighting through it and defeating the king who has stopped all of um, the country. It has been stopped in time. And so they're on the last, they're on the last leg. This is the last part is where we start our journey. And so we play as Sifrin, who is kind of like the quote unquote rogue of the, of the party. And yeah, they gain this power in which they're able to, when they die, they loop back to the, the evening, the afternoon before that day. So a loop will look like um, them waking up from a nap um, in the afternoon. And then the loop will restart when they die or meet some other, meet their end um, in, yeah, literal or metaphorical. It's kind of one of those games. <laughs> so it's an RPG. So a lot of it is you like, yeah, fighting through this castle. It's turn-based. So it's a, there's like a rock, paper, scissors aspect to it where each character will have an affinity to one of those elements. And just as rock, paper, scissors works, you, you the way you fight is by trumping the enemy with certain attacks. This is this group of characters. I love them so much. Uh, they are, when you meet them, they all know each other very well. The dynamic is so on point. Like I love each and every one of them. There's five people in total. Uh, they're queer as fuck. There's excellent ace representation, which I was not expecting, but absolutely living for. Um, so if you're into that, definitely check this one out. Um, but the thing that really like stands out is the looping mechanic and how it's implemented. There'll be times where you're for you'll accidentally loop because you'll die, or you'll be forced to loop, um, or you purposefully loop. So that it could be you're looping to solve a puzzle, or you want to reach a new area of the game of the area, or for story reasons, you'll loop. And it's just interesting having, you know, playing a game in which you are playing through and learning from your mistakes but your character is also remembering your mistakes and their mistakes and mm. kind of the psychological effect that that would have on someone going through that. And so, yeah, the structure is you going to defeat the king, but what happens when that journey ends? And it's just really interesting and it's a very dense game. There's so much lore to learn. Oh my God. But also, yeah, it gets pretty dark at times if you're into story like if you're into undertale or amori or uh one shot like those these kind of like rpg games which are like oh we're kind of cute lol jk we're gonna um <laughs> punch you in in the feels then this is you'll definitely want to like play this game uh if you like it's this is kind of game that if you like cute rpgs that will absolutely fuck your shit up you need to play <laughs> in stars of time like yeah it's it's a very if if my list was ordered, this would be near the top for sure. Absolutely, yeah. I love no, that. Is a genre. That is a genre. That is a genre. <laughs> it is yeah, such it really a genre. Is. <laughs> so yeah, this is like yeah, this is the twenty twenty three entry official entry of the cute but will majorly fuck your shit up. Yeah. Love it. I've been on the Discord. Excellent. Oh God, I've been following like people talking about on the Discord. And every, not every night, but like girl, most nights I've just been like looking at Discord, looking at people chat about this game and like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't notice that. Oh, it's like oh, different endings. Ah. So good. In with the law. 
I know. I know. I'm like, Rebecca, I'm feeling? like paying attention. I'm like proper, I'm proper <laughs> in the law. I'm like, is this what Rebecca feels like all the time with every game she ever plays? Like, I Probably. feel like I have like, I'm like, oh my God, there's like, but that, this game facilitates that. Like, there's so much to learn and there's like this kingdom and the characters and like different rooms in the castle. Like, oh, and the looping, like, what is the, what's the deal with that? Like, how did that come about? Mm. And it's, just, mm. yeah, it's so good. I love it. Yeah. This has like caught you off guard, hasn't it? Like oh, I feel like absolutely. you weren't expecting this to mm-hmm. yeah, enrapture you as much as it has. It was like one of those games where I was like, I know I'm gonna play this and I'm absolutely gonna gonna love it. <laughs> but it's like a very yeah. it released quite suddenly and I was like, ooh, this looks interesting. And it was like, oh god, this is this is gonna this is I feel like I'm gonna really like this game. Like I knew. Yeah. I could tell. I could tell. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna but yes. Uh so good. Nice. I mean you've convinced me. Right, same. I was like, what can I say yesterday. other than that I'm sold? Next time I have twenty yeah. hours yeah. free, I can't wait to get destroyed by this game. So, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait yeah. to get destroyed. That is the right approach. This game. Dude. <laughs> Start as you mean to go on. I can't wait oh, for this God. to There's, take me to okay. pieces. Emotionally. There's just one wholesome moment that I think won't spoil too much and give much away. But Sifrin yeah. is just just quite like a general a quiet character and they you know they, they they love puns and they're very adorable but there's a moment where all of these other characters who are very energetic are like chatting about something i have no idea what and there's just a moment where sifrin's just like i don't have I, it's nice not being able being in a group of friends and not having to contribute but being included and oh, i wow. was like stop wow. this game this game oh. like it just understands Sifrin is such an interesting character and it's the same with all the others. Like they are so relatable and kind to each other. And also like they care about each other a lot, but also they're not like soppy. They're very much their mm. own people. And mm. yeah, Sifrin oh. is, I knew that moment. I was like, that is, is so well observed and you never me. hear that sort of yeah. nuance acknowledged in media. It's such a rare point of view, but I think one that I know mm. I can really identify with, I'm guessing that you guys, yeah, so oh, yeah. and yeah, that is oh, it's good. I mean, you've made a sale. What can I say? <laughs> it's interesting to like hear about an RPG where all of the party members are already like friends. Mm-hmm. I, yes. I know that's I like happened that. before in the past, but to start the game as it ends, it represents like a very interesting narrative challenge that it sounds like they've succeeded in. Mm. In, in having the stake still be weighty and obviously to have that arc at the end of a journey yeah. that you sort of only see at the very end and it's fascinating. I, mm. I need to play this. It sounds yes. so cool. Yeah, because like even this idea about the, uh, the RPG party, like you are not the chosen one. There is a character mm. of oh, the cutest character, Mirabelle. She is the chosen one. Like, and it's oh, like, a, nice. yeah, so you're, you're just the rogue. You're like the rogue, but she is the oh, one and she's adorable. I... And she is the one who's like the time, like she's from the castle, giving a little bit away. She's from the castle and she's very much like, it didn't affect me. And why is that? And it's like her personal journey, journey dealing with that, like being this like, that yeah, what happens when you are the chosen one? And like, that's what I mean. It's so they all support each other. It's great. That is fantastic. I am like hooked on games that cast you as a traditionally NPC role in RPGs mm-hmm. as well. I'm really obsessed mm. with that yeah. as a subgenre. Um, but yeah, I just also love the idea of this RPG that's like, as you say, dealing with a, a group that are kind of at the true companions phase and like, 
Yes. You know, like obviously thinking a lot about Baldur's Gate 3 at the moment, but like having gone through the, you know, Shadowheart and Lazel want to kill each other phase and to the point where they're like, you know, oh, yes. like actually, you know, besties. Let's, let's be besties, let's be sisters, whatever. And like, yeah, I, I'd love that as a perspective for sure. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah, it's brilliant. So, so many good games to play. This is this episode is just giving me a crisis about the number of good games that there sure. are out there to play. Speaking Rebecca, of, shall I, shall I do, do you have my... a, a seg? Do you have a, a cheeky little seg, a seg I, to... I don't think I do this time. Like Most of our picks have been quite aligned in like, somewhere or another, and I guess the only seg I've got here really is that it's it it's quite different from the <laughs> other games that I've talked about Ooh. so far um, in that mm. it, it doesn't have a story, it doesn't have set characters, it's just very open. Um, you know, I'm going back to possibly the first game I talked about on a podcast with you guys and talking about Tiny Life. The game that I first played, I think it might be almost exactly a year ago, actually. I downloaded the demo like the day I got home for Christmas yeah. break last year. Um, and yeah, it's probably my individual like indie game of the year. I'm like still so obsessed with it after nearly a year. Um, so if you don't know what Tiny Life is, because you've not heard me like bang on about it before, like, listen, it's good. Um, so my first <laughs> and me. probably, probably last, listen... <laughs> Listen, um, yes, I always like to say like my first gaming love was The Sims. It'll probably be my last. I kind of dip in and out of it. You know, EA's like huge mega franchise, but it's kind of always te- ticking away in the background for me. Um, and Tiny Life is uh, a really beautiful solo devs, pixel art recreation, kind of mostly riffing on like the first Sims in terms of the way that that it's styled, but with the little quality of life improvements that you've seen throughout like the 23 years now that that series has been running. Um, and it's just, I obviously I love a life sim. I love like the, you know, the open endedness, the creation of the characters and just putting them in this little scenario and running them through it. And I've just been thinking about it. And you know, in, in the year when we saw a lot of stuff about um, life by you and paralyves and in, mm. in, 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 I'm not sure how you pronounce it. And obviously that the Sims five <laughs> getting like, a bit more detail around it, but none of those games, you know, they're all a ways away yet. Tiny Life is the game that came out and like, it's so good. It's so good. If you are a Sims player, honestly, I still, I still love the Sims. I still play the Sims 4 quite regularly, but if you are a Sims player in 2023 and you're not checking out the only like super functional, high quality life sim that came out this year, like you've, you've got to give it a try. It's so good. It's like the best of the retro nostalgic, like golden era of The Sims, but it's pared down to the point where you can play it. You know, it's on it's on Steam. It's like fully verified for Steam Deck. It's got that portability that you just don't mm. see in like The Sims anymore, really. And like the, the handheld ones are always kind of weird anomalies, but this is, you know, a fully functional portable Sims like, I love it. I mean, I just, you know, obviously I'm just like, oh, gushing about how much I love this game because it <laughs> You're it beaming. just, 
I love it so much. I just don't know. I, I'm probably like not doing the best job of, of putting my point forward now because it is just so, it's just a game that you can lose hours to in, in the same way that you can to The Sims. But instead of, you know, supporting EA and their thousands and thousands of pounds worth of add-ons, which I also do, in fairness, I'm not going to pretend that I'm a much, you know, more moral and better person than that, but you can support this solo dev who's doing like fantastic work, you know, putting like amazingly thoughtful queer rep into the games, making that like very much part of the, the DNA of the way that the game is designed nice. as well. Um, it's also, I find it a really cool feature of Tiny Life is that the way that the careers are structured is to reflect much more like ordinary kind of like blue collar people. So the jobs are jobs that you find like in an ordinary small town, like the one that the game is portraying. It takes in that sense, a more grounded approach to small town life and the way it's simulated. Oh. So if you're, I am someone who feels that that's kind of missing in the Sims series Ooh. generally. And I really liked that, you know, you play as like a, you know, a firefighter or like a shop worker, someone mm. who kind of has a bit more, of an ordinary time of it generally and I think that that is a nice there's a nice sort of reinforcement to it being this like I think it's about 16 18 pounds on steam you know to being this like accessible for people who don't have like a huge amount of hardware and a huge amount of money to spend on games but you still have this like really lovely sims like game that you can then kind of reflect your own experience in more in in so many ways in terms of like socioeconomic status as saying like gender and, and sexual identity I just think that that's that's like going layers deep as well into this like what is also just a lovely simulation game oh yeah so you have loved a tiny life for for a long time i have oh <laughs> but yes uh, it's uber just, fan it's... rebecca jones tiny life uber fan yeah i mean there's just no other game as i've just listed off all the other games that are kind of trying to break into that space and haven't yet i just think it's so worth celebrating that a solo dev was able to to kind of get into the space mm -hmm. this year and beat them all to it kind of gives me a yeah yeah you know a really nice feeling as well i think it's uh, i think it says a lot about how you don't need to try and emulate everything a huge mega publisher a year are capable of doing with the sims all you need to do is pair it back to the core fundamentals and you have a game that still resonates with the player base right like indeed it does not need to be 3d it is 2d it is sort of graphically uh, you know, um, more simplistic than the original Sims. Oh, far more that simplistic. Three D elements, Sims, like, yeah. It's like very lo-fi, yeah, very lo-fi. Lo but it re it captures that same magic that people loved mm. about that original game, regardless. And you know, I think when we see things like Paralives, when we see things like Life by You, they are reaching so far to try and you know grasp this impossible thing. And Tiny Lives comes along and says, "Hey, this is what yeah. you want." Yeah, <laughs> look what we've made. It really has paired it back to the idea of life simulation and the amount of like yeah. emotion that you can read onto a character who is essentially like eight pixels is <laughs> <laughs> two <laughs> eyes. Know. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. They've got eyes and kind of you know that's about it really in the face. But you can yeah you know you can still make a character that reflects visually and in terms of personality like the character you want to make. You can create a lot of variation within quite a simple uh, system engine. Mm. And yeah, I just, I will talk about, I, you know what happens if you get me going on Sims. So we should probably, we should probably <laughs> move away <laughs> from this soon. Cause I will, I will unprompted give 45 minute verbal essays. Um, because this is what do I it. do. This is what I do. 
sicklesmeme.jpg. Just out the window, like, yes, yes. Another time, another time. But yeah, no, I mean, it's it's got to be, it's probably got to be my indie game of the year just because it 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 did something different and, in my opinion, really stuck the landing. So in this mm. unordered list, probably at the top for me. If I Yay! did Yay! Yeah. Well, a good segue about an indie game that did something different but stuck the landing. We move on to my personal yes. indie game of the year too, uh, which is also sort of similar in some ways. So my final game is Against the Storm. Like a storm effect, like whoa, whoa! Someone like shaking some corrugated iron off stage. <gasps> oh, or that um, that the instrument. It's like a maraca, but it's not. It's got like a yeah, like the metal rings around. Yeah, like I know exactly what you mean. Oh, what were they called? Instrument metal balls. Yeah, like uh, yeah, not maraca. This all sounds right. I think they Not are maraca. also maracas, maybe. What's that? The metal no. balls. Oh! Ugh. A cabasa. A cabasa. A cabasa. A staple of every music room of the 90s. <laughs> yeah, I oh, I remember that. I've got like, this real sense memory yeah. now. Of, like, oh, yes, yeah, same. I hadn't yeah. thought about those in probably two and a half decades. That's quite something. Those, a, a cabasa, um, that like multicolored, uh, like tent like bit of fabric that you would throw in the air and then two people would have the to parachutes. run to the other oh, side. Parachutes. 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 Yep. Oh, parachutes. Yes. Yes. Yep. 90s kids know. Real <laughs> 90s kids remember these five things from primary school. Don't answer if you were born in 1996 or 1997. I'm talking to the real 90s kids. The, ones the real you heads. Exactly. Well, as we've established, Rebecca, no one under the age of 28 is allowed to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Simply illegal. Oh, dear. They don't remember the, uh, the joys of tray cake with a little bit of pink icing on top oh what a treat. Ooh. oh surely that's not not that's that that carried on past the night getting getting the corner piece of tray cake was like was the winning. best it fucking thing ever it, it was mm. Mm. the best it was like getting the corner of tray bake pizza as well have you ever had tray Ooh, bake pizza yes. at school oh. crusty the best it's two been- crusts it's been a while since I ate dinner and getting hungry again. All this talk of food. This this episode has come back to food so many times. <laughs> it has. It always does. Always does. Always has been. Because <laughs> we eat at like quarter past seven and then we record until midnight. That's our yes. problem. <laughs> On a school night every single On time. On a school We've night. We've never yep. had the good sense to record on a Friday <laughs> or a Saturday. Nope. Monday night vibes. I think that's my fault. So... Against the Storm is by Eremite Games. Uh, like I said, this is my personal uh, indie game of the year. It's a roguelite city builder. And please bear with me. I'm going to be reading a lot of notes because this is a very complex game. And to try and summarize it in a couple of minutes is quite hard. But I really want you to play this bloody brilliant game. 
Uh, this has just come out of early access. Uh, it's just had its 1.0 release in December, which is always a worry for a game this good because it means it might miss most people's end of year lists. But don't worry because this sickle loves these kind of games. <laughs> so instead of focusing on one huge city, the aim of Against the Storm is to build multiple smaller settlements. So you're a, um, a viceroy for an enigmatic queen. And your job is to venture out from the smouldering city, which is this last bastion of civilization, uh, following an apocalyptic event known as the Blightstorm, into the forest, which is this unknowable tangle of trees that stretches out past the city limits seemingly forever. So everything in the forest is completely random. So you start off with this map of the forest, the city's in the middle, and you've got to select a tile from the map. You can only stretch out a certain amount. And when you click on a tile, it'll tell you the type of biome the tile belongs to, as well as all of the positives and negatives of building within that tile. Uh, once you've completed a settlement, you move on, so you can stretch further away from that settlement you've just created. And the goal is to try and stretch further and further into the forest. The farther you travel, the better your rewards, which can be spent on permanent upgrades that change the game. After a number of in-game years, the Blightstorm returns, and it washes away all your settlements, and the forest randomizes, and you start again with your permanent upgrades in place to make things a little bit more interesting. But the real joy is in building these individual settlements. So building a settlement does not take longer than an hour and a half, two hours per settlement. You start with a handful of villages. All the villages are different animals. Each type of animal has different uh, perks, likes, uh, wants. A beaver is really good at cutting down trees, whereas a lizard is really good at smoking meat for <laughs> reasons I don't quite understand. But this is the brilliant bit is you get your handful of villages and you get a handful of randomly assigned buildings. So this is a resource management city builder. So your goal here isn't to fight enemies. You're not building armies. You're building production lines that turn things into other things. So meat into skewers or pies or roots into cloth and then clothes. And the challenge is trying to create these products when the resources that spawn on the map and the buildings you begin with are all handed to you completely randomly. So you might be given some meat. There's a, a place on the map that lets you have meat. And one of the tasks you might be given is, well, you've got to deliver 40 skewers. And you might say, okay, well, that's fine, but I don't have the building to make the skewers yet. So what am I going to do? What is the route I need to take to get to this seemingly quite easy result, but with what I have per this map? And that's, that's the beauty of it. That's that roguelike sensibility that really fits in. So you have to complete tasks to build your reputation. And once your reputation hits a defined amount, you succeed, can move on to a new settlement. But the queen herself is like really impatient. And you've got to try and contend with that impatience as well. It's like a bar at the bottom of the screen. And the more impatient she gets, that bar grows. If the bar hits the top, it's game over. So there's so many challenges. And oh my God. <laughs> bizarrely, I've been speaking for a long time there. That's just the surface of how complex this game is. There are additional levels of complexity to this game, all randomized, all making it more difficult and more interesting to try and do these seemingly easy goals. But it's all delivered so carefully, and it's probably the result of it being in early access for so long. This team were releasing an update, I think, every week or every fortnight Whoa. for nearly two years. Oh, wow. It never feels overwhelming. The barrier for entry is extremely low, and... It just captures the joy of what I think is the best bit of a city builder, which is the first hour where you've got a blank canvas mm. and you look at what you have available to you and you just think, what am I going to construct? What are the challenges I'll face? How am I going to manage this and succeed? And I genuinely think, as I said up top, against the storm, 
is just one of the best games of the year and my personal pick i bloody love this video game i think it's pure magic i need to play this game right now bye <laughs> yes you do <laughs> bye oh off she pops oh, rachel's left <laughs> Oh, 15,000 overwhelmingly positive Steam reviews. I cannot yeah, emphasize everyone. enough. Like, this game sounds so good. It sounds very complex, which uh, intimidates me a bit. But I, mm. I have trust. I have trust that it will help me, uh, guide me through. It looks amazing as well, like visually. It looks so nice. It looks like a board game. Like the pe- It looks like mm. I can pick up these pieces and like... It ha- yeah it has that it has a um it's like a dark fantasy game so it's yes. actually quite grim and like if you're collecting meat you're ripping it out of these like weird dead leeches Ugh. called like leech brood mothers um and obviously the storm is a constant that feature. sounds cool sorry yeah that really cool. but <laughs> oh. I-, I think i saw some people comment and i think that's what put people off is it looks sort of like a blizzard game or a league of legends spin-off. that is so interesting because it does isn't it yeah, I can see it. I didn't see it before, but when people mention it, and, and I think it's almost working in the game's like detriment, but mm. please look past that because visuals maybe, but everything else is it's very much its own thing. Like I think they've invented a brand new genre here that people Ooh, are going to like. I They should be using your comment about it's like the, the best part, the first hour of a city builder. Yes. Like, that should be in the marketing because that is such a, that's such a good sell to make that as you say, the perfect first hour. Like, how many times are you in a city building game and you just kind of restart after a while because you're like, oh. Yeah, that was me. I could have done that, that, was that better or I'm just yeah. bored. And like, to, to the best games, a, a little bit of a spoiler for maybe for what we're going to talk about in a minute, but the best games I think are the ones that find a weakness in a genre and manage to build a game around compensating for that and like building that into the foundation of the game. Mm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Love it. Also, beavers and foxes. That sounds cute. Even if they're ripping meat out of, <laughs> I don't know what it was. Actually, you said the beavers were like like little carpenters? Yeah, they, they excel at being carpenters. You don't actually see like them ripping the meat out of them. They just like move their arms next to it and then they carry a big <laughs> box. But they make cute little noises and the harpies are a little bit scary. Uh, oh. But the... The the beavers and the uh and the foxes are my two favorite factions, definitely. Oh, yeah, and they look so polished, oh. even on the screenshots. That's maybe why there's like people think it's like a spin off because the screenshots are lo- it, it looks so polished and it's like a fancy world, but it's like colorful. It's not like overly like smudges yeah. of brown and gray. Like it generally looks really colorful and pretty. Ooh, I yeah. want to play it. Ooh, play <laughs> it is it. so polished as well. There's no rough edges on this thing whatsoever. It's been polished with an inch of its life, and it shows. It's so good that shall oh, we move on to our think, combined yes, game of the yes. year shall we show a little bit of music get your guesses little, in now <laughs> do a little <laughs> shot. Game. shout them out loud i don't care where you are on a bus in the toilet uh at your grandma's house for christmas i want you to shout the game you think it is out loud right now open the window <laughs>
It feels it feels weird. Feels like a I don't know. I mean, again, he who should not be named kind of got away with just like declaring himself the person who will name game of the year, right? So we can just, you know, with the confidence <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? With <laughs> with the confidence of the person whose name I promised I wouldn't say again in this episode. I'm just gonna mark oh, him oh, oh. and be all like, yes, and now the very serious prestigious business of naming the inaugural indie venture game of the year like drum roll please no this is too much i can't carry this on this is just but yeah genuinely as we mentioned at the top of the episodes we've gone through now our 12 kind of individual picks for the best indie games of the year there's a huge amount of variety there so i think it's really telling that when we were all asked to name our five favorite indie games of the year every single one of us put dredge on our list yeah, so absolutely how could dredge not be our collective game of the year at that point i mean we've dedicated a whole episode of another podcast to it but i think it's probably worth just doing a little recap here yeah um, because you know we don't really have like a trophy and there's no one to hand it to if we did so yeah <laughs> um dredge it is a fishing sim a lovecraftian fishing simulator and this is what i meant when i said taking the worst part of a genre in this case the bloody fishing mini game that every rpg has to have at the moment i am so <laughs> fed up with and making it the center point not, of a horror not game the opinion of everyone on this podcast by the way just yeah, the, there's a minority report on this one <laughs> um, <laughs> um but gent making a really good fishing game that is just around the fishing acknowledges the inherent evil of fishing mini games runs with it it's just i'm so impressed i we first like we played it for a group review back in april mm. i think it was March yeah april. i think it was um god yeah i'm that saddened was. that i haven't had enough time with it to finish it yet um i do now have the uh, the pale reach dlc which i've not started yet but yeah just such uh, it's a game that clearly has if not universal appeal, then a heck of a lot of appeal. I know so many people mm. with very different gaming preferences who've gotten into this this year. And you got to hand it like Team 17 um, are the publishers. And obviously that's like got a bit of cachet to it. So they were able to market it really well. But even with that kind of weight of an established indie um, publisher marketing it, I feel like it did inordinately well. It sold like a million copies. Indie games, Whoa. single player indie games do not sell a million copies in their first year. It does not happen. And that is a testament, I think, both admittedly to the way it was marketed very well, but also to the fact that it's a genuinely really, really good game that mm. deserves, I think, to be called the Indie Game of the Year. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sorry, that's the uh, the ring fit catching up with me. I'm just like, oh, that's a long <laughs> sentence. <laughs> no, it's very good summary. Uh, this is <laughs> this draws you in with a very great sense of intrigue. It's a very quiet, methodical game for the first twenty minutes. And all the game really tells you is don't go out at night. And obviously the first thing you want to do is go out at night. And when you go out at night, that's when the horrors come out. Mm. Did you not listen to the foreboding Lovecraftian neighbours, <laughs> the townsfolk? I did. Yeah. I didn't go out at night for like the first week. I was like, no, I'm listening to them. I they seem to know yeah, what they're I talking about. For ages, actually. Well, as the, uh, as the wrong one on this podcast who, who likes Stardew Valley's fishing game quite a lot, actually, Boo. and will Boo. defend it. I, I, take, to, back, to the, to the I take back everything I said about my roasting of you being too mean earlier. <laughs> <laughs> don't, 
don't boo me, I'm right. <laughs> this really does uh, capture like the joy of a methodical task and mm. then just put something really sinister under the surface. And the way that the game uh, handles pacing, you go between these different islands and you meet these different characters and each island has a specific horror that's sort of inflicting and corrupting it. And you've got to sort of like do a little task to find an object. And it, it just has this great sense of progression and this great sense of mystery and exploration. And and overall, it's just like the most weirdly relaxing yet anxiety inducing game uh, i've ever played you're sort of on edge and also really chilled at the same time yes i mean it was it was a year for chill horror games uh, a couple that nearly made my list but then Ooh. kind of didn't in favor of dredge were anemoyapolis and slay the princess which both kind of had mm. chill and horror vibes to them but yeah this is i mean dredge just does as you say it never drags one of the hardest yep. things with like this type of game is is getting into the loop and keeping the loop interesting and I think mm. they just carry that off so, so well. Like, mm. yeah, you know, you it never, unless, I mean, even when I did something really dumb, like upgraded all one part of my boat and ignored the entire rest of it. So I had this like tiny tugboat with no lights and the most souped up engine you've ever seen. <laughs> it still played well. I wasn't soft locked. I wasn't stuck. I was able to sort of keep going with the choices that I'd made. Um, yeah. And it's so well designed, but just so well designed for that, that sort of constant... It's, it's it's very it's it's very much a mystery game that like as it is Ooh, like an yeah. eldritch fishing game in terms of like there are so many like hooks that um <laughs> like narrative hooks that you can like that you can just go and explore with like oh there's like a map with a location on it you have to collect those oh this person wants you to find this certain type of fish and there's like and there's so many areas to poke around in it's not just about going to an area meeting its beastie and then leaving immediately it's kind of like yeah. it asks you to engage with its mysteries in different ways and like ultimately the end of the game has a, a real good surprise and i just think it's the build-up to that is really great and i mean they released this game at the beginning of the year or was it mid-year no it's the beginning of the year is that what it's it march so march. It was, yeah, early uh, release, year. yeah released the dlc last month so the timing couldn't be more perfect like yeah. Um, but this, okay, this game is the definition of f fuck around, find out because <laughs> I, f night one, okay, like, there's, like, I really like what you said about it. Like people they don't go out at night and they're not, this game, you wake up in this small town, the mayor, baby, don't go out at night, you know, not, not that safe. The old weird lady who keeps like talking to the sea at night time is like, yeah, I've seen shadows in the water. It's kind of creepy. And, you know, the, the fishmonger's like, oh, I can pay a fine price for, for these kind of fish. But, you know, like, don't go out. Everyone is actively, this game is actively telling you, don't go out at night. Like, probably yeah. don't do that. And the you still do. That is the, that is like the core of this game is like, isn't that so incredible? Like this game is actually being like, don't do it. Ooh, maybe don't. And you're like, I'm going to mm. do it. I'm going to do it. It's like, there's like a cheekiness That's about a it. That's really I, good point. It's like, like so, because I know you guys waited a week, but I was like, nah, I'm going. I did not play this horror fishing sim <laughs> to, to fish for trout during the day. I'm going to go find my three-eyed like bulbousy gross shark it's very <laughs> true like nothing forces you in this game other yeah. than your own curiosity i mean obviously yes like, yes, the, the, yes the journal and the quests do like prompt you oh. eventually you will run out of like 
quests to fulfill unless you go out at night. But mm-hmm. you yeah. you have the choice to just be a you know regular fisher person who well you know you kind of don't though, right? Because eventually, even if you're fishing throughout the day, you'll pull up something fucked up at some point. Oh, like, oh gosh, that's true. It will always I mean, like there's an invasive sense of dread mm. that is like it doesn't matter if you try and play it straight you're gonna like rip something out of the ocean that you should stomp to death and throw right back like <laughs> i'll give to the fishmonger from to eat which is maybe the moment i've really loved this game oh, was the first oh, time you give yeah. a fucked up fish to the fishmonger in with it <laughs> yeah, and then you just you can't do anything up. for like three days or something yeah. like you just can't sell fish yeah oh. I, I, this is like I, I, it, it's popular for a reason <laughs> right it's just it's such a breath of fresh air it's it's just on the soundtrack the, the soundtrack, soundtrack is so, so good. good. <sighs> wow. So good. It's, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it does have a really good appeal. It's, a, you know, a horror game that anyone can get into. It's not going to jump scare you. It's, you know, in yep. the way that things have to be at the moment, it's very good to watch it streamed because, like, people love Ooh, chill fishing mm. streams. People love horror game streams. But it's not one of those games that's, like, just streamer bait. It is very satisfying to actually sit and play by yourself as well. Um, yeah. they hit all the right notes with this one and like can't really fault them for it like kudos uh, so is it is it Black Salt Games the yes theme? yes it is yeah, uh, yeah uh, brilliant first game I can't wait to see I mean obviously what they're doing next is a lot more Dredge DLC and some like Dave the Diver crossover stuff from what I've seen as well oh which is pretty really? exciting yeah. um, two indie games collaborating is it <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness you know, honestly, like the whole dredge crossover thing makes me think like, yeah, I love that the two big fishing games of this year like got together <laughs> almost immediately and went, yeah, Team. Yeah. yeah, it's a brilliant collaboration for the two of them to do, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be, so Fun. I think it's, I think the crossover is into, is like dredge into Dave the Diver rather than the way around, but. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Excited to see where all that goes and what Black Salt Games come up with next. Like, yeah, mm. fantastic, fantastic game. A very deserving game of our game of the year i think uh, an absolutely sensational and here, here thing. we have the crown <laughs> oh she's picking it up right now there it is <laughs> oh, oh that's... i have the crown oh wait does she actually have <laughs> oh, a crown oh is it the goofy hat please <laughs> it's the goofy yes, hat it's the goofy hat <laughs> <laughs> right i, I didn't the... I have your the webcam crown. quality isn't amazing right but from what it looked like to me that cupboard contained nothing but that goofy hat <laughs> Is that entire is that entire cupboard just for that one goofy hat? There's other stuff. Oh, okay. There's, oh, there's there is a couple other of boxes stuff in there, in there okay. as well. Is that ha- where's that binding of Isaac? A hamburger no. phone. Hello. Oh, it's a burger phone. Oh, a burger She's phone. Just picking up a burger phone. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel has just moved house. By the way, she's not like an NPC in a video game with just like one item per cupboard. It's just. I have a lot of. I have a lot of all my um trinkets. I have a trinket box and oh, oh, my trinkets. the goofy what hat was sitting on top. <laughs> I had it ready for no reason. For no reason. Oh. <laughs> yes, well done, Black Soul Games. Well uh, done, you have won Craig. a goofy hat from Indie Venture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the, the accolade you've been waiting for. <laughs> you can go to bed now. It's, it's been cold. Thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I don't think I can sustain being like this self-aggrandizing without just like <laughs> getting I'm like, here for it. self-deprecation. Yes, it's it's not my natural state, let's put it like that. Anyway, it is it is rather late here and we all have things to do in the morning, but do we have time for a quick round of hyperfixations last round of the year? Yeah. Oh, I think we do. 
I promised Rachel, I promised Rachel I would go first. Um, yes. For reasons that will become apparent. Um, so very quickly, because there's not a lot more to say at the moment. Um, I, I can say this now, the embargo lifted today. Um, I have been given like a couple of months prior access to the Apollo Justice Ace Attorney Remastered Trilogy. Um, I managed to stop playing it over the weekend. Obviously, it's all I've thought about since. Um, <laughs> the fact that I managed to make it through two hours of talking about any game that is not Apollo Justice Ace Attorney when nothing else exists to me now, uh, including the fact that I have like I'm surrounded in this room you can't see by Christmas presents that I haven't wrapped yet. That's another factor in my life. Um, yeah. The, the massive Ace Attorney nerd who's just been getting into the series through the remasters has got 95 more hours to play. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. That's a lot that's, of lawyers. <laughs> that, that's me. A lot of, what, what kind of lawyers, Rachel? <laughs> Gay lawyers. <laughs> yeah. that, I, I've, just, I've just blown out my mic so fucking hard. <laughs> I'm sorry. Incredible. It's, uh, I just, it's nope, all that's blue. Worth it. It's just a it's chunk. It's worth it. Screaming the word gear into your gay. microphone. <laughs> mic chest, mic check, gay lawyers. <laughs> oh. oh dear. Um but yeah, I, I got um early access to to this game to do some uh previews and reviews for work. And yes. uh now I'm just I'm just geeking out. You're in your element. I am in my element. It's surprising. You know when you like you get to something and you're like, I'm excited for this. And then you mm-hmm. like laser focus onto it and you're like, oh, this is the difference between I'm quite into something and I'm like, I'm too into this, but I'm just going to like vibe on it and enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, that's where I'm at. All 95 hours. Oh my so God, I'm three hours game. in. It's just a... <laughs> God damn it. How does it feel to finally play them after waiting for them for so yes. long? Oh, that's a really good question. It feels, um, feels right. Feels right. It's good. Yeah, I can correct. imagine it does. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. It yeah. feels correct. But yeah, no, it, it really did have that. You know, that feeling of like going back because of the way it's presented. Like the gameplay doesn't change very much, and the the, the visual style mm. doesn't change mm. very much. So you're back somewhere familiar, like immediately, but with like new characters or characters who've like grown and developed a lot. Um, and it's just really like very comforting but exciting at the same time. Um, we've had yeah. the first couple of instances where I was sat there like grumbling at a puzzle because it was just a little bit too obscure, but I managed to figure it out. And I'm like, yes, okay, nice. good. We're back. We're back in, back in Ace Attorney mode for the foreseeable. I've heard that they've uh, listened to feedback from the first trilogy collection and they've done potentially like a a more handcrafted job with the graphics from converting them from pixel art mm. to Ooh. They do look a bit more painterly. They do look a bit more painterly. Yeah. At least in Apologetics. Um, Looking like ahead to the the other two games, which I haven't played really in any detail, I think because they were on the 3DS, mm. they yeah. they look a little bit more similar to their 3DS inclinations, which is weird because it does mean that unlike the other two um, collections that they've released of this series, it that the style changes over the course of this trilogy, like in a way that will be quite obvious as you play through. But yeah, it looks it does look sort of different. I did I did clock that in that it's just. Again, it's kind of the same but different. It's a bit more painterly. Like backgrounds, sprites stand out more against their background because they are more obviously like anime characters against a sort of watercolorish backgrounds. Cool. Um, it looks really nice. It you know 
And I like as well yeah. that the, um, the the public gallery now has individual sprites rather than just the same man over and over again. Yeah. I don't know why that pleases me so much, but it does. <laughs> like, I think there's actually some women in there as well. That's nice. Like, well, that's that, <laughs> I guess it maybe shows how much they they love these games. Mm, like right. attention. Like, to be and fair, they, I think attention, the, yeah. the original trilogy remasters look great as well. Like, I yeah. think that, but they have just done like a little bit of a different take on it this time, and yeah. it's so nice to look at. I also just finally, this is this is by the by, I finally bought a new TV because I realised that I'd had my old TV for 11 years and you can't see a damn thing on it anymore because <laughs> nice. game game developers assume that you've got a bigger 4K TV and I was still looking at this like little ass thing. And so, um, mm. yeah, put, putting Apollo's face up on the big TV in my living room has been a real oh, treat beautiful. as well. <laughs> just all forehead. Yeah. Just the all forehead. forehead. Just that really long hair spike as well. Looks like it could do some damage. Six yeah. inches of forehead. Yep. That's Apollo, baby, on a 4K TV. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, but yeah, that's that's me. That's me hyperfixating. I mean, it's good that we're having a longer break until after Christmas to give me something else. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm happy for you, bud. I that's could not have yes, been given to the, a better person. Oh. Good on VG. <laughs> do you want to... Absolutely. Do you want to go next, Rachel? My happy fixation is Rebecca playing Apollo Justice, Ace Attorney. <laughs> I am obsessed. You told us you had the a pre like a, a copy, and I was like, oh my god! And then you, you you shared a screenshot of you playing it, and I was like, oh my god! And I'm saving memes to show you uh, specific to different trials, which I will send you in a timely manner when you reach I- them. And I want to know your opinions, and I just need to know what you think of it because I love Apollo Justice. So yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's my hub fixation. I honestly have been thinking about it a lot. <laughs> She's been, been she has been messaging me a lot about it as well. She's like, let me okay. know any, anything, anything. You can tell me whatever you feel. It's all good. Please tell me. Yeah, we've re- it's been re- re- like a love-in. A real love-in of like yes. us hanging out, talking about Ace Attorney a lot more, even than usual, the last few days. So. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. I, Absolutely I have, love to say it. Yes, because I, I, I played Apollo Justice, the, the, the old-fashioned way on my cartridge <laughs> recently, and I love it. I love it so much. I honestly think it's like one of my favourite ones, second to... Um, trials and tribulations and I just re- I like I want it I want to know a true Ace Attorney law keeper uber fan like delve into it because I, I very much just play these games and look at Apollo's forehead and be like haha funny joke and then don't think of much else so yes that was that's oh. mine oh that's so sweet yes. Rachel thank you <laughs> Liam what is yours our last our last time fixation of 2023 Oh, good. Right. Well, I'm going to lose all of your respect for my hyperfixation. So the problem with hyperfixations is that normally they they come as recommendations because we like to enthuse about the things that we're hyperfixated about and therefore we want people to enjoy them in the same way we've enjoyed Mm. them. But there is a darker side to hyperfixations in which something you might have loved before becomes an obsession and you can't stop thinking about it and you kind of want to talk about it, but not in a good way. So anyway, my hyperfixation this week is fucking Fortnite, isn't it? Of course it is. I fucking knew it! I've been playing Fortnite since it came out. I am one of those sickos. It's not something I like to admit, but if you ever wondered why a certain website I used to work for always had Fortnite in its top 50 of the best games of all time lists, and probably doesn't now when they do that list again in the future. That was you? 
of course that was me. Fortnite is my comfort game. Fortnite is my, it's just there. It's eternal. It, it, it's just, if I want to chill out and watch a very long H-Bomber guy video, for instance, uh, also a very good thing I recommend. Oh, um, shit, yeah. I play Fortnite on one monitor. I watch something on the other monitor. I play it with Yolly. I play it with other people. It's just been this beautiful thing that's been with me for years at this point. And over the last week, Epic and all of their billion dollar glory have decided to add three additional games into Fortnite uh, as a result of That's multiple mad. acquisitions and years of development. Uh, yeah, this week Fortnite has, in, has, alongside its Battle Royale mode and its original Save the World mode, which Epic don't like to acknowledge even exists anymore, we now have Lego Fortnite, which is basically mm -hmm. Minecraft. We now have Rocket Royale, which is a racing game. And we have Fortnite Festival, which is a music rhythm game developed by Harmonix. And boy, do I have some complicated feelings about all of these new modes. <laughs> it really does feel like Rome before it burned. <laughs> like, oh, I just. Decadence. Feel, yeah, like, you know, like, they've spent so long making this That's Battle Royale that was like a. Like, the only quote-unquote successful metaverse, as much as that makes vomit and bile flood my mouth, like, you know, it was just, I liked Fortnite because it was a big box full of action figures and you could mash Robocop with Goku and Ariana Grande and, like, it was just this big silly thing. But now it's like, oh, it's so bloated. And the <laughs> racing game is incredible. The racing game is properly good. Like, Ooh. uh the team at Psyonix have made something really, really good there. The rhythm game is very odd. Harmonix have such a pedigree. They invented the modern rhythm game as we know it. And trying to play Billie Eilish's bad guy on a keyboard <laughs> and not a plastic instrument is bad vibes, my dude. Like, I don't think I like that. And I don't know if I like Peter Griffin singing Thunder by Imagine Dragons at the same time. It's just, it's just so cursed. But also they've added a jam mode which is basically fuser which was one of my favorite of their games where you could mash different tracks from popular songs together and adjust the bpm and the and the tone and that was incredible and that game died very quickly because it wasn't sustainable but now it's in fortnite but it's also public so you're trying to mess around with it and some kid on his mum's ipad will run up and just start spamming billy Eilish's bad guy and changing the tempo and i just think like oh this isn't this can't this can't continue like this can't continue like they already laid off so many people this year and now they're adding three additional games into their big game that it can't be successful forever and i'm just having a breakdown over it so thank you for listening um, <laughs> i'll keep playing it though because i've got to get the battle pass because of who i'm as a person and i can earn xp in the racing game now and eventually i'll be dead and it'll uh, sweet non-existence bring it on baby uh so yeah fortnite <laughs> Don't Send play help. It. <laughs> I, I, I understand now why you a few minutes ago were like, should we skip hyperfixations for today? It's like, this has clearly been like a, a thing for you. And like, oh, I yeah. just honestly, like this guide's writer by day already knows your pain. The amount of Lego Fortnite I've had to play in my day job the last week. Are I you honest, enjoying Lego um, Fortnite? I, it's quite good. I quite like it. Yeah, it's, it's good to it pass the time, right. but I would be playing other things if I were not being paid to play this game. <laughs> oh really? You wouldn't be playing Lego Fortnite over Apollo Justice Collection? Uh, yeah, this is fair. But you know, like 
I mean, I've, I've brought like Honkai Star Rail as my hyperfixation before. Like you say, it's not always like this uncomplicated, you know, we play, we play yeah, the, the big games as well. Like it's as long as you're having fun and it's not a problem. It's not I, don't I, know I, I, I googled oh. Lego Fortnite and, and because I, I wanted to know what it looked like. And yeah, it's just Lego. It's just Lego Fortnite. Yeah, didn't know why. But, but it's actually there. Minecraft. That's the, that's <laughs> yeah. the twist. It's, it's not Battle Royale. <laughs> I and they've like transferred Minecraft. like 1,200 Ooh. skins from Fortnite they've made Lego versions of, and all the dancers are in Lego form. So you can like hit the gritty as a Lego character. I, yeah, I, there's I, a weird amount of detail. Um, <laughs> it's it's, it's right, weirdly just... good. Like the amount of polish in it. Hey, hyperfixations. Safe space. Yeah. You said it before. It Thank is a safe you. space. Thank Thank you, safe space. Even when yep. we talk about Fortnite. Yes. <laughs> My beloved Fortnite. Yes. 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 Uh, oh. Well, man. what a way to end the year, gang. Uh <laughs> on that on that cursed note. Uh yes. a real mixed bag of hyperfixations. We did it. That <laughs> that concludes our first year of podcasting. Oh my goodness. Yay. Wow. We did it. What a what a great collection of games. Honestly, I'm so happy with I our know. picks. Yeah, they are so such good. A de- I think that's a definitive list, to be honest. I think that's yeah, such a good list. That is a good list. I am yeah. I'm I'm happy with that list. Mm. Yeah. Very happy with that list. But yeah, shall I shall I give us a little outro, which I forgot to pre-write, so it's gonna be sort of uh on the fly. Oh, yeah, all right. Go for I it. Love this. An off-the-cuff outro. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so yes, that is the end of indie venture for 2023 instantly i noticed while we were recording that i spelled spelt the podcast name is indie venute on my notes so that's around about where i've been today oh you spelt in discovery very long wrong uh. <laughs> you might give me a heart attack then because i was like so worried that oh i've been saying the wrong title all day no it's fine it's fine we're good we're good but yes that is that is the last of indie venture for 2023 but please do join us again starting january the 11th 2024 or being well we'll put on social media if we have to mm-hmm. make it different for some reason um yeah please do come back we've got plenty more where this came from so if you're enjoying this after a, a slightly longer than usual break we will be mm. back um in the meantime i guess it just remains for me to say um merry christmas or if you celebrate something else or don't celebrate at all you know have a have a wonderful time and if this isn't your time of year it's like have a peaceful one, you know. Relax, take a breath. You did rest, it. rest. <laughs> yeah, rest. Um, and yeah, happy yeah. new year! Thank you so much for joining us this year. It's been like a fantastic experience getting to do this this silly little gaming podcast with my friends and people listening makes it possible for us to keep going. Like, thank you so much, genuinely, and um, I look yeah, forward absolutely. to seeing you again in twenty twenty four. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> thank Bye. You. I, I think. Did you say thank you so loud there? I think Discord cut out. <laughs> Quite possibly. How thankful Rachel is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much, everyone. It like Rebecca says, it has. It's just been an absolutely incredible year. This is the best creative endeavor I've ever embarked on. Uh, I love this thing that we've made together. No, me too. Long may it continue. Like highlight of the year for me for sure has been making this podcast. It's so great. Like, I love you guys so much. And yeah, I cannot wait to, to do this all again next year. Oh, Sam, Love you too, buddy. Although love this is my second too. highlight. My <laughs> highlight was hugging Ellen McLean, but this is a close second. <laughs> hey, folks, Rachel with the outro here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. 
Indie Venture is a podcast created, hosted, edited and produced by Rebecca Jones, Liam Richardson and me, Rachel Watts. For more information, search Indie Venture Podcast on your social media platform of choice. You can get in touch by sending your questions, comments and feedback to contact at indieventurepodcast.co.uk. You can support the show by rating us five stars and leaving a lovely review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast provider you use. And please let your friends, family, pets, basically everyone know about all the good times you've had listening to us because that would be great. Some of the games we talk about on the show may have been provided to us for free for review consideration. So if you are a developer, publisher or PR looking to get in touch, you can email us at hello at indieventurepodcast.co.uk. Thanks again for listening and see you in two weeks. Bye for now.